0: Mad unreal. This is Arthur. That is Isaac. And we're at, man, we are at 30 episodes.
1: 30 episodes. Um, Listen. 28 of them have been done in the house. In the house. (laughs) Right, yeah. yeah. (laughs) shelter in place. (laughs) Mostly, yeah. um, I'm really, really excited to get into today's, you know, Mandalorian discussion, but... Somebody on Twitter had a really good observation, and I wanted to get okay. your opinion on this. We, you know, the way that we consume, the way that Disney Plus drops these episodes, they're dropping them, you know, at midnight, you know, around midnight. I think 3 a.m. East Coast, you mm-hmm. know, I don't know, 2 or 1 a.m. Central and then midnight. I don't know what how they're doing them, but it's, it's basically yeah. they're releasing them. So Friday morning when you wake up, they're there, you know. Mm-hmm. But what that's happening, what's happening now is that people are consuming them at different times. Right. Some people, you know, hardcore Star Wars fanatics are staying up till, you know, 3 a.m. and watching them then, you know, and there's even watch parties I've seen on, you know, on Twitter, people having watch parties in the middle of Mm -hmm. the night. You know, Mm -hmm. but then I was thinking about the person on Twitter pointed out. Yeah. Remember how, you know, Game of Thrones and other, you know, television series when they would release it, you know, at nine, nine o'clock p.m. on a Sunday. It was like everybody's watching them, you know, at the same time and, you know, like live watching them lives or kind of have live commentary on Twitter about these. And I don't know, man, it's like I kind of I enjoy the ritual of waking up Friday morning and watching the Mandalorian or Uh Clone Wars or whatever, you know, was out at the time. Um, But this past, you know, obviously this chapter 16 that just happened Friday, we're recording this on the Sunday afterwards. But on the Friday, just that just passed when chapter 16 came out it pained me not to be able to discuss it with you. You know what I'm saying? Because I, there's nobody I like talking about this stuff more than with you for obvious reasons or else we wouldn't have mm-hmm. this podcast. Mm-hmm. But it was like, I had to wait, you know what I'm saying? Cause I knew I, I, you know, I wake up, boom, I'm 6 AM. I'm, I'm grabbing the phone. I'm <laughs> yeah. watching this episode <laughs> and I knew I had to wait. And then when I saw this on Twitter, I was like, man, wouldn't it be cool if we were, you know, watching this at the same time at nine o'clock on a Sunday night, with the rest of the world and everybody is like talking about it, you know. Um I I wonder, I, you know, cuz again, I'm torn because I kind of like the experience of watching it kind of like by myself, you know, away mm-hmm. from the world and kind of consuming mm-hmm. this these 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 episodes in more of a quiet way and more and more intimate way, but at the same time, um I wonder how it would feel, you know, if Disney were to say, you know what, next episode of Mandalorian or any of these other, you know, all these other shows that are coming out that we'll talk about in another episode, we're, you know, we're going to do those Sunday nights, you know, eight o'clock, mm-hmm. um, central nine o'clock, you know, Eastern seven o'clock, um, or six o'clock Pacific, you know, mm-hmm. that would, that would, how, how do you feel about that? Have you even thought about any of this? Cause I didn't think about it until I saw, you know, the, the Twitter tweet.
0: No, I've thought about it a lot because, you know, I'll, I'll wake up and then, On my phone, it'll be a text from like 445 in the morning talking
1: about don't (laughs) don't get on Twitter. Don't get on the Internet. Right. I had I had to warn you. I tell me when you've watched it. I mean, this last this last one, I warn you that I I do that every week. But this last one, I was like, oh, man, he is going to the minute he jumps on Twitter. It's like it's over. You know, the minute he jumps on Twitter, the minute. And I did. I stayed off
0: a lot of stuff. Okay, Just didn't even want to, like, check anything um because it's like it's like a it's a minefield. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is. That's a good. That's a Like an every day, metaphor. every morning, I'll pull up the New York Times and I'll pull up The Verge. Mm-hmm. You know, and The Verge giant head, you know, and it's <laughs> like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, we got to right. we got to kill
1: all of that off." And sometimes um, they'll try to what they'll do is they'll try to do a they'll they'll feel like it's a non-spoiler, but they spoil it anyway cuz I saw a headline, I don't know if it's from The Verge, I can't remember who it's from, but on Friday like around, I don't know, noon Friday, when most, when many people have not watched this episode yet, you know what I'm saying? A lot of people have not watched this episode, obviously. Yeah. Noon on Friday, I see a headline that says, you know, major Star Wars icon, you know, returns on, you know, latest episode of The Mandalorian. Right. That, you know, that's a spoiler. It's like, you you yeah. know who that, you know, if you get that, you know who that is. Because prior, you know, I, obviously I don't want to get, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into that episode in a minute, in that chapter in a minute. But that is a spoiler, and that's what I was trying to avoid with you. I was like, okay, I know I do this every week. I know I warn him every week, but this mm-hmm. week I was like, don't even go on the internet. <laughs> don't go. And you said, yeah. and what you told me, you're gonna pull out. You're gonna pull out your Wi-Fi. Just be safe. And I was like. <laughs> Good that was good, idea. good idea. <laughs> smart man. smart man. So were you able to stay spoiler free until you saw it? Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, right, absolutely. Good. I was able to stay, stay, stay spoiler free. You saw my text.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, that's what I'm saying though. I was like, okay, well, did he stay completely spoiler free or did yes. he, you know, okay. Okay, hit, okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. But, nope. Okay. I didn't should...
0: have any hints. Okay. I didn't have, I didn't have anything at okay. all like and you, that. And you, I you, had a, I had a completely different expectation. Oh, oh, that's excellent. And we'll get into it. Okay. And we'll get but, into it. But
1: you get why I did that is because that experience is something you want to have that experience. You know what I'm saying? It's like there's, especially as we get older, man, there's few and far between where we can have these, you know, experiences with the you mm-hmm. know, stories that we consume that mm-hmm. we know years later we're going to look back and be like, man, I remember how I felt when X happened, you know? Yeah. We don't yeah. get that that often. And so this yeah. was one of those times when it's like, yeah, I'm going to remember how I felt when that happened, you know? All right. But anyway, yeah, we're going to get to all of that. So what do you want to do? I mean, we got a whole lot to talk about, man. So. It's the Mandalorian. I'll go ahead and do it. I'm not going to ask you. It's the Mandalorian. Okay, but
0: before you before
1: you before you get started, I just <laughs> want right. to say right. Diana Prince, Wonder Woman, streaming Christmas Day. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, you know what? Okay. Did we did we have a bet? I'm going to let you no, finish. No, no, we had go a Black ahead. Widow bet. We had a Black Widow bet, I think. We have to go back and listen. We We did have Widow. a Black
0: Widow bet. Okay. I'm just we, saying. We didn't have I'm just a, saying. We didn't have a we didn't have a Wonder Woman bet. Okay. I'm just saying.
1: Mm-hmm. The universe is 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 moving my way things things are changing in it, releasing in theaters though at the same time right yeah okay and then warner brothers whole slate is supposed to be releasing on uh or not whole slate but their their tentpole the, Doom, is supposed the be major released, stuff yeah one. i'm gonna put a tbd on that one though um listeners if you don't know we're talking about uh warner brothers announced i think maybe two weeks ago that they're going to release their Pole films in 2021 on streaming uh on hbo max um, mm-hmm. Simultaneously, as simultaneous, simultaneously as it's being released in theaters, I think it'll be available on HBO Max for a month. But I'm putting a TBD on that because since that has been announced, there's been a whole lot of just like just fury fury thrown it you know warner brothers for that decision right, by right. top tier directors by people in yep. so I, it wouldn't surprise me at all the if creators that, and
0: the presenters yeah. yeah
1: it wouldn't surprise me at all if that gets you know amended in some way um over the next month or so All right, anyway um are you ready for this are you ready yeah do you think this is, this is a lot um this is Mad unreal the special episode of Mad unreal episode 30 of Mad unreal a special all mandalorian season 2 breakdown deep dive, mad thought, whatever you want to call it. Let's just get into it. Let's go.
0: Okay, so to get into this and have it um, be organized, um, <laughs> so we have four has hours <laughs> taking it Five yeah. Right. Isaac has taken it upon himself to do a very structured detailed run of show. So what we're going to do is we're going to go over each of the episodes of season two. Um, we'll, 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 we'll kind of gloss over at least, and you'll see what I mean as we get through it, but mm-hmm. because we've, we've already talked about chapter nine and we talked about chapter 10 and earlier,
1: uh, shows. Yeah. Go back um, and we're listen to f- episodes 29 for chapter nine. We did a whole episode mm-hmm. based on chapter nine. Chapter 10 and 11, we covered in episode 28, or excuse me, I had that backwards. 28 was chapter nine, and then 20, episode 29 of Mad and Real, we covered chapters 10 and chapter 11.
0: Yeah, so, so we've, we, we really got into those episodes on those shows, um, but we will address them. Um, so we have a rating system that we're going to apply to each one of the episodes. Um, it's based on up to four stars. So four stars, a four star episode is going to, we, we're calling that the way. Three stars on the way. Two star episode this looks like the way.
1: <laughs> and a single star episode, this ain't this ain't the damn way. This ain't the damn this ain't way. It. And we've all seen you, it. You've had that moment, right? Where you've been like you've kind of been lost and then you think you on your you like and then like wait a minute, this this ain't the damn way. This ain't the way. <laughs> 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 maybe maybe somebody you were with told you that Like you know this, right. this ain't the damn what So yeah that's so, a one star That's a one star situation
0: So those recaps and math thoughts that's going to be the bulk of the show uh, But we'll also spend some time on uh, Some character arcs of some of the major Characters and um, Discuss the future What the future of the Mandalorian is 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 going to be uh, Presumably Hopefully with a season 3 mm-hmm.
1: Yeah and, right. and, and And listen obviously Heavy, heavy, heavy! Spoiler alert for season—not only season two of The Mandalorian, but season one of The Mandalorian—and we're probably going to get into Clone Wars. We're probably going to get into Rebels. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, this show really is, is is really has has brought a lot of things together, um, from the original trilogy to sequels to the pre- uh, prequel trilogy, mm-hmm. and definitely, definitely, of course, obviously, uh, because of Dave Filoni's involvement. It it really brings in a lot of the Clone Wars and Rebels. Um, Mm -hmm. So just general spoiler, if you don't want to be spoiled for any of those things, go spend the next week, like, you know, doing nothing but watching Rebels and Clone Wars episodes and then come back and listen to this Um, because we're probably going to touch on all that. So, yeah, let's let's get into it. Um, Chapter we start with chapter. okay yeah. Chapter nine, we've already touched on in episode 28. But as a reminder, we're not going to do the full recap, but that was the Marshall episode. Um, you want, yeah. we want to give a rating for that episode. We want to start this off with giving our personal ratings for that episode. But before we do that, we've already given mad, mad thoughts on that. But just to recap, you, you weren't liking chapter nine of the Mandalorian mm-hmm. as much as I was. What were your reasons? That's right? it, and I, I, it was a little bit surprising to me, but what were your reasons that you didn't really like it as much as I did?
0: Well, it felt more like a mid season show than a, than a, than a season premiere, than a season opener. In terms of its in terms of its tone and its pacing. Mm-hmm. Um the highlight of that episode was Cobb Vanth and um the return of Boba Fett's armor. Um it did have uh it did get into issues of classism, um mm-hmm. and even racism between uh the townspeople and the sand people, the Tusken Raiders. Right. Um and how they had to work together for their for their collective survival against the crate dragon. Mm-hmm. So, I, I really appreciated the themes that were explored. I appreciated the acting um, and the interplay between um, Dinjar and the Mandalorian and Cobb Vanth. Mm-hmm. And it's it it did kick off this this um, I guess you could say theme that I see carried through. The season, even through um episode sixteen mm-hmm. about what defines a mandalorian um what defines um zealotry um what what really is the way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right and, uh, and, that, and do you dogma think- you know dogma over humanity dogma over over um, you know cooperation and respect just it 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 got into that and Mm
1: -hmm. i really appreciated that about episode episode nine do you think that for you did that start when Cobb van took off the helmet and mando just froze in his tracks is that was that is that the start of that
0: that was the jump off Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: that was the jump off that i mean that was and we kind of knew that was going to come but i'm trying you know that was a moment um because just to back up if you look at where we were as viewers in season one yeah. When the whole, you know, quote unquote, let's I'll, I'll use your term, the dogma of, you know, we don't take off our masks. You know, we don't take off our helmets. Um, mm-hmm. We don't show our face. You know, when the armor asks him, you know, has any have you ever removed your helmet? Has anyone ever seen your face? You know, and he's like, no, no. And this is the way. And when we were introduced to that as viewers, it was kind of confusing for us because we, you know, again, jumping right into the Clone Wars. Um, mm-hmm. we've spent time with Mandalorians, you know, we spent yes. time with, with, um, Bo-Katan, um, with, um, uh, 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 oh my God, what's well, Satine, Duchess Satine, yeah. um, with the death watch, you know, we spent time with, um, later on in rebels, we spent time with Sabine rent. So that's right. We've seen Mandalorians take their helmets off all the time. So it was like, what, what is this? And we didn't know, mm-hmm. okay, did something happen between, um, the Battle of Endor or the Battle of Jakku and this when this story when this story takes place which is I think five years after Jakku you know so it's like mm-hmm. the empire's completely fell fallen right. um, you know we're in the Wild West we're in the Outer Rim and has something happened to the Mandalorians this purge whatever the hell this thing is that's caused them all to adapt this new form of uh, this new belief system Um, and so, yeah, I think for us as viewers, we had the kind of same reaction to a degree that Din Jaren had when Cobb Van takes off his helmet, you know, and it was like, you know, we kind of, we knew why Cobb Van took off the helmet because we knew he wasn't a Mandalorian, but we felt what Din felt, you know what I'm saying? It was like, Ooh, what the fuck is this? You know, you're Mm -hmm. not a Mandalorian. Um, so yeah, to me, I, I agree with you there. That was the introduction of kind of like a theme that gets played out, especially in chapter, um, and two episodes later, um, that, that gets played out throughout. So, but for you, it just wasn't, this episode wasn't, if, did it feel like a side mission to you? Is that what you're saying? You felt like it it didn't feel like the kickoff for the season. It felt like a side mission. shouldn't kick off the season. Yeah, it
0: felt, it did. It felt like a side mission. It felt like, it felt like the kind of episode that you needed to connect the episode that happened before, and what was going to be coming later right right, and I mean, th- it, as a season opener it you know it, it's like see, here's the thing if there wasn't a crate dragon mm-hmm. and there wasn't that epic climax on how the the tuscan raiders and the and the um the villagers you know triumphed over the crate dragon right it' been it had been kind of a dull episode, hmm. Grogu doesn't use the force. Mm. You know, Mando's not killing everybody. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: You know what I'm saying? It just would have been... Now, the way way the episode started, that you were like, okay, okay, okay. We're about to get into it.
1: That's undeniably one of the best scenes in the series. But otherwise,
0: I didn't understand... See, I didn't understand how it was going to move the story along. And Mm. I thought that... And this is one of several disappointments throughout the season. I thought that Kai Vanth... Was going to be part of this story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, but he so, was more of a ca- of a character catalyst mm-hmm. to
1: returning the armor to Boba Fett. Okay, so what's what's your what's your rating for this episode? Uh, on our rating system, what's your rating? Uh, three stars on the way. So this is on the way. Okay. That's not bad. I thought you, I no, thought this it's not. Was and I be, mean, it's yeah. like the way for it's, you, a, it's a two star. It, yeah. Uh-huh.
0: Cause I, cause I mean, I am, I am, I'm, I'm critical about it, but it was just, it was done really well. Right. Um, it was done really well. And the earlier comments that I had about the issues that were raised and the interplay and the acting, um, really gave it its, it's, it's, you know, really gave it its, it's, it's meat, but it, it missed that four star. Mm-hmm. Because of
1: the tone the overall tone of the episode mm-hmm. okay, so for me and I, you know and, and listeners, we should say also you guys, if you want to keep track of your own ratings for this um for these episodes and share them on twitter that that would be cool uh we we'd definitely be interested in hearing what you guys got to say so again the the rating system um and I'll post them on on Twitter as well when this episode drops um one star would be a, this ain 't the damn way, two stars it would be this looks like the way." three stars on the way and four stars the way this is the way. So for episode one of this season, which is chapter nine of the series, um, and no surprise for me, this is, this is the way, you know, this is a four star episode. And the reason I think that is like, like you said, if it weren't for the crate dragon, you know, X, Y, Z, but there was a crate dragon, you know what I'm saying? it's like, that, that was <laughs> right. a part of uh-huh. it. And uh-huh. this episode for me, it was like, John Favreau basically, because he wrote and directed this episode, mm-hmm. John Favreau basically said, "Okay, there was a lot of complaints about side missions um, or quote unquote filler episodes mm-hmm. in season one. Mm-hmm. So this episode, he basically created something where is literally starts out. It starts out as a main, you know, part of the main um, mythology of the series. You know, yeah, Child and, and Mando or in that that kind of like." Um, you know, post-apocalyptic punk, punk future or whatever you want to call it. Um, you yeah. know, town and on. You know, he's searching. It's like it's laid out for us. Okay, he wants to find other Mandalorians because he feels like they'll be able to guide him through the covert system to mm-hmm. a Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like part of the main mythology. But then, it, then once he meets, you know, Cobb Vanth. There's a moment where it's like they flick a switch and it literally becomes a side mission. It's like he 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 makes the choice. Mandalorian makes the choice. Din Djarin says, OK, I'm going to put my he 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 basically says, I'm going to put my thing over here for a second because mm-hmm. now I got this guy who's wearing Mandalorian armor. And that's a mm-hmm. problem for me. It has nothing to do yeah. with the child, it has nothing to do with this. The quest I've been quested now has nothing to do with that. This cat has on Mandalorian armor. I need to figure this part out. Okay, mm-hmm. you want me to, okay, I don't want to have to, okay, if I have a choice, maybe in season one, I would have just, he probably would just shot Kai Vanth immediately. You know, he probably didn't give him a chance in season one, but he's mellowed a little bit um, through parenthood, I guess. And so now he's like, you know, okay, let's, we'll strike the, I'll take the deal that you're offering me. I'll help you right. kill this Krayt Dragon, uh, which <laughs> later on, uh, what's her name? Uh, Pelly on Moss Eisley. She's like. You know oh you you how did you get the armor back? And he's like, I had to kill a crazy guy she says, oh, that's all you know what I'm saying she's she's like you know it was like yeah, just like that's all you had to do, okay, all right, whatever, you're really kind of a strange cat um but yeah, so he takes that deal and it becomes a literal side mission that is an epic mission i mean this mm-hmm. this thing man was like a a short film, you know short only by you know twenty or thirty minutes you know it was it was an hour about an hour long yeah um, and it was epic, you know I mean this guy literally became a dragon slayer. You know what I'm saying? It's like the Mandalorian is a dragon slayer. Din Djarin is a dragon slayer. So I, you know, I've watched this episode a few times now and I, I love it more every time I watch it. So for me, this one is a, uh, this is the way this is a four star episode. So let's move, let's move on to um chapter 10, uh, which was the passenger. And we, again, we talked about this. We only, we only need to get too deep in it. Cause we talked about it on episode uh 29 of our show. But what did you what did you rank the um, the passenger and why?
0: Well, I gave it I gave this episode two stars. This looks like the way. And the reason that I gave it two stars is because we're, we're still on a side mission. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the episode where Mandy returns to Moss Eisley. Um, he hooks up with Pelly Um, he noticeably changes his stance against droids to Pelley's surprise. Mm-hmm. Cause prior to that, you know, he, and prior to IG 11, uh, saving his life and the lives of the child and the whole entire party, right. uh, car and grief and not grief, but, um, yeah, Car and Carga. Yeah. Grief, Karga. Yeah, grief was that. Um, he, he is shuttling a frog lady, um, As safe passage for her, for the frog lady's unfertilized eggs in order to meet her husband on a moon of a planet called Trask. Mm -hmm. And the reason that he does that is because the frog lady's husband has seen other Mandalorian. Yeah, you know what? You know what? Not to risk you, but really. Carrot stick.
1: Go ahead. Right. Really quickly. Let me just read the, um, cause I wasn't going to read the, you know, the quick synopsis, but this one's really quick. So I'll just read yeah, it yeah. that way. You can that, to cover everything you just said, but okay. So chapter 10, the passenger Mando returns to most Isley and meets the frog lady. That's literally her name, dog. It says that in the, I, I turn on the subtitles when she yeah. starts talking, it says frog lady. That's that's canon. <laughs> that's her name. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. who offers to lead him to other Mandalorians. The price for the info is safe passage for frog lady and her unfertilized eggs it's important that they're unfertilized we'll talk about that in a minute. Her unfertilized eggs to meet her husband on the moon of a planet called Trask. Another catch: Mando must travel at sublight speed. The child devours several of frog lady's eggs. two space cops quote unquote space cops from the New republic hassle the razor, razor crest. The trio crashes on an icy planet and are attacked, are attacked by spider-like aliens only to be rescued by the space cops. So That's a quick mm-hmm. synopsis of the episode. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. All right. So
0: it's a it's a side mission to me, and also kind of like I think I referred to it referred to chapter nine, but it's, it's like is almost like a catalyst episode because mm-hmm. we see the introduction of the new republic here,
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: and while Mando needing to travel at sublight speed because of the safety of the unfertilized eggs. Two X-Wings show up, flank them, and it becomes a driving wild Mandalorian scenario. And we get some insight as to how the former Rebels, now New Republic officers, are dealing with,
1: um, you know, the outer rim of the galaxy. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: And... I love you know, that you made that driving while Mandalorian reference. By the way, we're going to get back to that, but go ahead. I love that you made that <laughs> reference though, because I got, I got, I got thoughts on that. But go ahead.
0: Yeah. So, so then we get to Mando runs becomes a chase scenario. You know, he he has to he he's he's conveniently close by like a moon or some other icy planet.
1: Mm-hmm. At first, honestly, I thought it was Hoth, but yeah, every icy he's, planet that's what we always think Hoth. Hoth, it's never Hoth. (laughs) Hoth. So
0: he crash lands, and you know now it becomes a thing where he's got to repair his spaceship, but he really can't because the hull is torn up, and you know Frog Lady. It's just a lot of stuff happens. It becomes a homage to the film Aliens, Ridley Scott's Aliens, Mm -hmm. and at the end the cops show up again and you know save him by blasting this giant you know spider who's not the spider apparently from the rebels cartoons um (laughs) you know but it's just sort of like we didn't we haven't gotten to the story to me Mm -hmm. i just felt like i was wait i was waiting not so much for something to happen because stuff was happening but i didn't learn anything new about Dendron. I didn't learn anything new about the child. I didn't learn anything new about his quest. I didn't learn anything new. Mm. And okay. we're two chapters in to an eight chapter season mm. and I'm being entertained, but I'm not learning anything new about the story. The story is not developing for me.
1: Mm. Hmm. So you said you gave this, what rating did you give this? You gave it this looks like the way two stars. Okay. Okay. So for me, I also gave this. um, What did I give this? I also gave this um, two stars. I mean, okay, gave, okay, I good. This, this I thought like you about way. to say this is the way. I was about no, to no, be no, like, Look, no, 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 <laughs> 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 no, no, no. No, no, I gave this. Thanks gave for this joining two us. Stars. I got to go. Right. <laughs> I gave this two stars, but I have to say that my. I think that I'm I, I, I'm not as critical of this episode as you are, and I think I mm-hmm. like this episode a lot more than you did. Even though we mm-hmm. gave it the same rating, um, your rating sounds more like a, this ain't the damn way. To be honest with you, but it's your rating, so I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you dictate that. But for me, yeah, this was a two star. This looks like the way. Okay, so this episode was directed by Peyton Reed. Um, it was written by Favreau, I believe. Um, Peyton Reed is the one, the director who did Ant Man. Um, he, did, yeah. he did the Ant-Man films and he also did chapter 16 of the season as well. Um, so this episode definitely to me came the closest to those quote unquote filler episodes of cha- of season one. So I'm talking about chapters four through six, you know, uh, of season one. Um, but this episode just felt superior to me. It felt like it was better crafted. The story moved along quicker um, mm-hmm. and in a more fluid way. Um, I was more entertained by this than say, I was entertained by Chapter Five, you know, um, which was the um, uh, what was the name of that episode, the Gunslinger, you know, the the one mm. where he goes back to Moss Eisley and mm, right, and we see we were introduced to Fennec. we're introduced to Fennec, who is now one of my favorite characters. Um, but yeah, so this episode was just more entertaining to me than that that episode. And I gotta say, man, I think that I hear what you're saying as far as you didn't learn anything new about den or the child, but I, 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 I push back on that a little bit because I, what I see is evolution. I see an evolution of the bond between them for one thing. And I see a reinforcement of the role he has as the father to this child. Mm-hmm. And there's a strong theme of parenting in this episode
0: because mm-hmm. we have the, mm-hmm. we have frog
1: mm-hmm. lady with her unfertilized eggs mm-hmm. who she is. She's risking her life, you know, to get to where her husband is because she says repeatedly, if I don't, you know, we don't fertilize these eggs, then my line ends, you know, then mm-hmm. basically my, I'm the, I'm the last of my kind or my ancestors, whatever my line ends. I think she just means her family line, not her species, but her family line. And so she's very clearly willing to do whatever it takes to get to her husband. And she mentions my husband has risked his life, you know, to, mm. to build mm-hmm. a life for us on this moon. Um, That is, you know, um, uh, that is that we can inhabit. And when she wakes Mando up in that one scene, when Mando, when they crash land and Mando is like, deals off, you know, we're going to be lucky to get out of this alive. And she wakes him up and tells him, listen, I can't wait. You know, I can't wait for you to sleep. I can't wait for you to figure this shit out later. Mm -hmm. This is, this is paramount. I need to get these eggs to my husband. So whatever Mm -hmm. we need to do to do that, we have to do it. And Mando, it's like he's, you know, he's a new parent, but he's already done things for the child. You know, he basically threw away his whole his whole way of his whole career, you know, for the child. Right. Right. Um, so this is kind of like an awakening to him. Like, yeah, you're not the only one, you know, who's really new. You need to recognize you are a parent now. You've joined kind of like a broader community. And just as you're willing to do this for your child, mm-hmm. recognize that this 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 frog lady, this woman is going to do whatever it takes to protect her children and to keep mm-hmm. her family line going. Um, and of course, you know, we talked about it before she threw the whole I thought Mandalorians kept their you know words. She threw all his Mandalorian shit in his face, yeah. which, which yeah. everybody does repeatedly throughout this series, um, constantly throws that in, in, in Den's face but so I guess what I saw more was an evolution of the bond between him and the child. Um, Okay. And there's just quiet scenes, you know, there's a scene of the child when Den goes to sleep and the child, you know, cuddles up against him. Um, There's kind of like just certain exchanges between the two of them that you can see their bond and their intimacy has grown even stronger. Um, So that's what, that's that, that gave me some, some, you know, a little bit more than I think it gave you. And also I have to say, man, this is why I want to come back to it. You mentioned, you know, driving while Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. The arrival of these New Republic. um, I don't know what you want to call them. I guess we can call them, I think, Rangers now because of the show that was just announced. Um, I think that's what they are. But at this point, I'll just say New Republic pilots, Um, Carson, Teva and Trapper Wolf. Trapper Wolf played by Filoni, who we saw in the first season, you know, in chapter Mm -hmm. six, I think that was Um, when they arrive on the scene it gives us it does tell us something else about what's going on right now with the new republic cuz they say we're patrolling the outer rims you know or the outer mm-hmm. rim um you remember in season 1 when grief cargo says you know tells mando well why don't you if you're so upset about this why don't you go report it to the new republic yeah and mando has got no faith he's got no faith Mando's was like that's, that's a joke you know he's like yeah. and that told us as viewers a lot about the new Republic at this time, especially if you're not one of the viewers who has read, you know, the aftermath books or bloodline mm-hmm. or any of these other comic books or whatever that kind of dive into what is canon now about post, you know, return of the Jedi. So when they show up, when the cops, the, the cops show up basically mm-hmm. in this episode and uh, the past in chapter 10, it told me a little bit more about what's going on with the new Republic and the way that they talked to Mando you and I talked about it before. They did sound exactly like cops. They sounded, Mm -hmm. they had that patronizing type tone. They had the kind of, we're going to, we're here to help, but not really. We're not really here to help you. Um, When they go quiet for a minute and then the S foils lock in place and you see the X, you know, the X wings, (laughs) that was that moment where it was like, okay, they just put their hand on their gun, you know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? And now they're walking up on the side of your car and it's Mm -hmm. like, um, put your hands on the steering wheel. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know, you need to get out the car slowly, you know, whatever happened, you know, whatever scenario you want to throw into it. That's exactly how I felt. And for me, that was that was a big moment, man, because it was like, whoa, these and, you know, I think you and I talked about it. We're going to do an episode on this in the future. But these revolutionaries, they were revolutionaries. They were rebels. They were revolutionaries. They were they were considered terrorists by the empire. Yeah. You yeah. know, these revolutionaries who overthrew the, um, the, uh, the, the colonizers and the 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 empire, you know, the literal empire overthrew them. Now they're cops, you know, what I'm saying now they're police. Now they're hassling right. this dude, you know, what I'm saying and pulling him over and right. You're you becoming know, the very thing. Exactly. They're becoming that thing slowly but surely. Um, so, yeah, that was that was a big moment. So anyway, I know we're not going to spend a lot of time on this episode. I give this episode the same rating as you. This looks like the way two stars. Um, but I think for different reasons, really quickly though, before we leave this episode, were you aware of the whole egg controversy, the controversy with, um, uh, Yoda baby and the, um, baby Yoda and the eggs. Were you aware of the controversy around that?
0: Where the theory was that Yoda baby Yoda wasn't, he
1: wasn't eating the eggs. He was storing them. Well, that was a theory, but there was a controversy that some people were really upset. And I saw a little bit of on Twitter, but some people were really upset that him eating, The, the frog lady's eggs, which she told, which he said, she said blatantly, you know, these eggs represent the last of my line. These are, these were my children. Basically there was controversy about him, you know, them playing it for a laugh that, Uh um, baby Yoda was eating those eggs. The child was eating the eggs. Mm -hmm. And this was on this, this, um, I think it prompted, I don't know if, uh, Lucasfilm ever officially responded. They may have. Um, but it got, it, it got heated for a while. You know, people were upset about this. Um, for me though, it doesn't, it wasn't a controversy because she, she said, she stated that these eggs are unfertilized. So basically you go to whole foods and buy a dozen eggs, you know, those mm-hmm. are unfertilized, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you go home and cook them. It's not, like you're mm-hmm. n- not, like you're gonna crack an egg open and there's going to be a child, you know, a baby chicken in there. These to me were unfertilized eggs. Um, but still people got upset. And I kinda I kinda get what they're saying after rewatching the episode because episode, it was like, damn, this little this little motherfucker is eating her, you know her, <laughs> her future her offspring, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> uh-huh. right in front of her. And it was kinda like it was a was a little it was a little morbid, you know, it was a little morbid, but all right. So anyway, moving on. Um, next chapter, chapter eleven, the heiress. Um I'll read this one really quick too. because um, we talked about this before, but we can just uh give our ratings on this. So this was the third episode in season two of The Mandalorian, and that was it was called Chapter Eleven: The heiress Mando, the child, and Frog Lady virtually crash land on Trask's moon. Frog Lady's husband directs Mando to an inn where Quarren, merchant seaman, offers to take Mando to the other Mandalorians, but then attempts to kill the child and take Mando's Beskar. Bo Katan that's right, Bo motherfucking Katan Kreez and two other Mandalorians arrive and kill all the Quarren. Bo and her people remove their masks, causing Mando to accuse them of not being Mandalorian. Later, Bo offers to tell Mando where he can find a Jedi, thereby fulfilling his quest to return the child to his kind, if Mando helps Bo raid an Imperial freighter. Din Djarin and the Mandalorians succeed after Bo changes the deal, and Bo tells Mando to go to the city of Caladan on the forest planet of Corvus, where he will find, let's all say it together. Ahsoka. Ahsoka Tano. Tano. <laughs> so, okay. How did you feel about this episode? What don't, don't give don't give me your rating yet. I want to hear your, your, your thoughts first and then give me your rating. All right. Here's where we start putting our foot on the gas. <laughs> so this, this is, this is meeting Arthur's approval. Okay. All right. No more frog lady shit. Okay. Um, we get some insight on.
0: Wow. I think that I think really, really I have to start with the return of Bo-Katan, mm-hmm. and this is where <clears throat> it's a it's a moment of pure comedy for me because this is where not only is she removed, it, she and two other people are removing their helmets mm-hmm. after saving Din and the child who will learn is you know named Grogu, but. Grogu even looks up at <laughs> Grogu yeah. even looks up at him like what is going on? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like <laughs> can they do they that? Their head. <laughs> right, can, right. You know, what do you look like? Can I see
1: <laughs> right. can I see your face? Like, wait a minute, I'm confused. Right, yeah. It was that um, was a moment. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But we're starting up we're we're putting our foot on the gas mm. and, and now we're 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 kind of back, like, we're back on the quest. He's getting some answers. Um, it's the return of, we want the Beskar. It's the return of, uh, and, and I, I guess, I guess I shouldn't say it because it was referred to in the, in chapter eight, the opening of season two, where, because Din Djarin, he's really walking around with basically a jewelry store Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. made with pure Beskar, his armor, Mm -hmm. um, he's, he's, he's always going to be a magnet for trouble for thieves, for pirates. He's walking around um, with the
1: biggest, like fattest gold chain of all time. You know yeah. Yeah. I right mean, even other Nova.
0: Mandalorians are like, okay, I need that. You know? <laughs> right.
1: It's this brand new best card. Right.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, but we further the concept of what is dogma? What is, what is belief? What mm. is faith? um, Bo refers to, was it Bo that referred to him as, or that told him that, you know, he was a child of the watch.
1: Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. That was, that was, yeah, that was her explaining, basically giving him information about his own life. Yeah.
0: Okay. And then that makes a, makes a direct reference back to the animated clone Wars series of death watch, the Mandalorian, that 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 there was a civil war. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was a nod you know, back, back, back to canon, and, and and a tie-in of these worlds and these cultures mm-hmm. that I think we're missing from the earlier. Because it's one thing for Din Djarin to be like, "Look, what are you doing with that armor? You're not supposed to." Like, it's, it's one thing to get into like the basic tenets of what Din believes, mm-hmm. right? But it's another thing to tie all of that together into you know a fabric of culture mm-hmm. that Bocatan represents. Right. You know, only she, she could is, only she could do that for him. Right.
1: Only she could tell him that.
0: Yeah. 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 Um. So I just you know, I, I, I really I really liked this episode. This was when I was kind of this is what I was hoping for, that I was tolerating the other chapters because, OK, great. This is what we were trying. We needed to get to. Mm-hmm. We needed to see Cobb Vanth. You know, we, we you know, we needed him to be on, you know, be back on Tatooine. We we needed these things to happen to get to here. Mm. Now we're going to, going to, going to, you know, move forward. uh,
1: Let me just throw this in really quickly though, because I I agree with you, but we also needed his reaction to Cobb Vanth. You know, we needed him. We needed to see him, like you just said, his, you know, his reaction to Cobb Vanth and the taking off of the helmet. Yeah. That was a moment that kind of like, there was an echo of that when he meets Bo-Katan, but then mm-hmm. the Bo-Katan thing, it gets escalated. It gets raised to another level because here's a person that actually can tell him. Cause as soon as, as soon as Den reacts that way to Bo-Katan and Axe Woves, I think was the guy's name. And Casca Reeves is the, is the sister Mandalorian mm-hmm. um, played by Sasha Banks, who was a, a, a pro wrestler. Um, but yeah, so the the way he reacts to them Axe wove's the dude he goes, Oh, he's one of them, talking about yeah. mando, right, 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 uh-huh. and mando's like, one of what, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. like <laughs> I'm a Mandalorian, you know what I'm saying that's all I am. what are you guys, and that's when it gets broken down to him, but I felt like that was made even more dramatic because of what had happened in chapter you know nine with uh I with, agree with with, with Kyle Vince. I so agree, I get you I a hundred percent understand your your impatience and that you want the, you know, the main mythology. But I think that some of these smaller moments, I guess I would urge you to go back and look at them because they do kind of um, sweeten, you know, the mythology. You know, just some of these smaller moments with Cobb Vanth or the Frog Lady or whatever, it okay. kind of sweetens that. Um, I mean,
0: I'll give you that. Because yeah, another yeah. thing too is, you know, it um, after after Bowen or Cruz show up and 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 save... Din
1: and Grogu, and yeah.
0: you know, then they have this conflicting moment, you know, and then Din just leaves. He just powers <laughs> up the jetpack and, you know, rolls out. He does. In other words, he doesn't he he, he dealt with Cobb Banth very differently initially. Mm-hmm. Like we like we about to, you know, we're about to have a have a have a, uh, a shootout right because he's not you know, he's just not
1: mandalorian period
0: because he's just at all right. you know but here he's beginning to not necessarily question but his seed has been planted
1: mm. yeah and him they and have us. they
0: have helped him yeah. without any question you know yeah. bow was you know uh, um <laughs> bow was like yo is you know this baby's in the water get him you know mm-hmm. what i mean and mm-hmm. homegirl was like i'm on it and jumps right on in so it's it it's like these 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 things are happening based on brotherhood mm-hmm. that Din experienced all the way in season one, when when um, you know he needed to get out of. Remember, he was he he basically took the took Grogu. Mm-hmm. Grief was after him. All of the other bounty hunters, yeah, they showed know, up.
1: Chapter three, yeah, they showed up.
0: Yeah, and his family rolled up and 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 you know and got him out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, That same kind of thing. Was happening here, so it was sending Den mixed signals. Mm
1: -hmm. There's even a a callback, a visual callback, when Bo Katan reaches down to Den and you know, take my hand or whatever. That same shot is the same shot you see when Den was a child after his parents get killed. uh, Ah, right, right, the Mandalorian Uh reaches down, you know, from Death Watch reaches down to him. It's that's a good shot. call. It that's was a good call. Shot. I missed that. Yeah. So it was, and that's and to your point though, there are these echoes, you know, that happen. Um, but I think that with the Bo-Katan, you know, the seed gets planted when it's like, it's the, and, for, and it got planted in us to as viewers. Cause we've been wondering since season one, why can't he take his, his helmet off? Other Mandalorians mm-hmm. have done it. What has happened now? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden we got the answer. Like this, this, the children of the watch, are these, you know, this sect, this religious sect um, of zealots of, I forgot, did she say zealots? I yeah, think both she said zealots. zealots. Yeah, zealots who, you know, broke off from Mandalorian society after, I think she says after the purge, who, you know, wanted just to return to the old ways. Mm-hmm. Now, not to get into too much Mandalorian mythology, I would urge you guys, if you want to learn more about Mandalorians, um, you can go-, go on YouTube and there's hella videos where people have done and just broken down. You know, this is what a Mandalorian, you know, this is like the Mandalorian in 10 minutes. I think Star Wars Explains has like a 12 minute video of like, or maybe even shorter of just like everything you need to know about Mandalorian culture within like, you know, a few minutes. Yeah. So, but just really quickly, there's a lot of stuff in legends um, that's not canon anymore, but that's legends that, you know, the Mandalorians were just not, they were, they've had, they've had a really fucked up past and they were Mm -hmm. very, very violent people, very, you know, all types of wars with other, you know, races and then wars amongst themselves. They're kind of like cherry picking at this point, what is going to be Canon. So all of that hasn't become Canon. But if you watch clone wars, if you watch rebels, um, if you read some of the books and some of the, you know, some of the combos you get to see, okay, what is considered Canon now? So this part right here is kind of like new Canon. Cause I, and, you know, some viewer can, some listener can correct me if I'm wrong. I've never heard of the Children of the Watch. I think this is new canon right here. Mm-hmm. So Children of the Watch and all these things that happened after the Great Purge, this is all new. And so, yeah, to your point, um, a seed gets planted in, in Den at that moment and yeah. in us. You know, and yeah. it, was, it was a really, really powerful scene. Um, I think this
0: is a very, very important episode in the season. I mean, it might be the most important episode from the standpoint of informing what comes after. Mm hmm. And how it, how it, how, how the season closes.
1: Mm -hmm. So what did you, what did you rate this episode? What was your rating for this one? I got a feeling what you're going to say, but go ahead.
0: Oh yeah. This is the way it's four stars,
1: four stars, the way. Okay. Wow. This is so crazy. Okay. So (laughs) first of all, we need to mention this episode was directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. I don't know if we said that. That, Oh no,
0: we didn't. She completely redeemed herself.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I, I didn't, I didn't really strongly dislike, um, chapter 4 which was from season 1 that was chapter mm-hmm. 4 where Mando goes to the village um after he's wrecked shop on Navarro he goes to the village and um him and uh that's where we meet Cara Dune um and that was bryce Dallas Howard's directorial debut for the Mandalorian and you know it was you know not to recap it but it was to me it was it definitely was a change of pace and it kind of threw me off i've i've grown to like it more um, but it definitely threw me off. And then some of her choices from a, some of her director directorial choices, I just I had an issue with. But this episode. Wow. Like, wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. She really yeah. she nailed this everything, even from the opening moments, man, when the ship, the razor crest drops down. Cause Razor Crest is all effed up. It must be spoken right. that the Razor right. Crest is They're in hobbling. Really bad they are hobbling to, to trash uh-huh. because yeah, cause that, that crash they got on, they got into on the passenger that the Razor Crest is just in bad condition. So when it drops down into the atmosphere and how that was all shot, Oh man, that was, I thought it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a really, really well, uh, well directed episode. I think John Favre wrote this one as well. Um, but yeah, and this is the first time we see Bo-Katan in live action. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, Katie Sackhoff, we plays her, voiced her on Clone Wars and uh, uh, Rebels, but this is the first time we see her in live action. That's a big deal. She's still shady. You know, she was shady on uh, Clone Clone Wars. Yep. The um, yep. first time we meet her, I think she's a member of Death Watch. She's still shady in this episode. You can very clearly see. Um, she, she tells on herself at one point. Because remember, at first she's like, you know, I must, you know, do this in order to, you know, we can retake Mandalore and we can see the new, you know, we can find a new Mandalore, you know, we can, we can, we can put a new person on the throne of, of Mandalore. Mm -hmm. And then later on, she tells herself because she's, you know, telling the, the Imperial guy, I need to recover the dark saber so I can take, you know, I can become the new Mandalore. And it's like, she's, 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 this is for self. You know, she wants to be, she wants power. She wants to be in control and she has a, uh, she changes up the deal on Dinjar and you know, she recruits him for this mission. Then she changes the situation halfway mm-hmm. through. She, mm-hmm. you know, flippantly tells him this is the way, you know, after he questions her about, you know, her, her changing mm-hmm. the deal. Mm-hmm. Um, later on though, she does become more earnest when he, you know, shows his bravery. And then she's like, Oh, you know, here's, you can go find a Sokatano here. And I will tell everyone about your bravery. And she gives him a second. This is the way, which is more earnest. Mm-hmm. um, And yeah, everything that happens with the Mando and his, the challenge to his belief system, um, the fact that this episode set up Ahsoka very nicely just by mentioning her and you get the sense, okay, boom, we are going to get to Ahsoka. Um, it was really well done to me. I gave it, I gave this three stars. I gave it on the way. I didn't give it, I didn't give it the way I gave it on. the way, And that's, I think probably for me, um, it just some of the other episodes just felt a little stronger to me and that's why this one I gave 3 instead of 4 stars. I really don't have any complaints about this episode. Mm-hmm. Um if I had to complain about anything, I think some of the uh I mean the mass, I mean just The, 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 the stormtrooper deaths in this, this season, I mean, we are, we are definitely in triple, triple digits and it's just like, they just (laughs) mow stormtroopers down to the point where it's like, it's not really effective anymore. It's like, they've always gotten mowed down, but damn, it's like, and I, I gotta ask you, man, what do you think is the incentive side note really quickly at this point in the story of the galaxy, what is the incentive for anyone to be a part of the empire? Like, what is the incentive for you to want to be a stormtrooper or to because if you see how like the, the 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 captain of this ship, this freighter, when he talks to Gideon and Gideon is like, well,
0: we get into the next chapter.
1: No, this is the heirs. This is still the heirs. This is the heirs. Because remember when Gideon comes on, when they're about to when Bo-Katan and her crew are about to overtake the freighter. And dude calls Gideon. He's like, look, we need help. These crazy Mandalorians are on the ship. They're about to, they're pirates. They're about to take the ship. And Gideon tells him through the, uh, uh, through the, the, um, hologram tells him, well, we can't send you any help. Cause it's too late now. So you know what you need to do. And then the captain says, okay, long live the empire. And he caps both of his people right there. Right. He kills both of them. Then Bo-Katan and them retake, you know, they take the bridge. And that's when she threatens him. She says, "Where's the dark saber?"
0: Oh, so that's, oh, that's yeah, 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 yeah. My yeah, bad. Yeah. I'm that's, thinking that's that's all all it's two ep- two separate episodes. No, that's oh. all the errors. Man, so, I didn't even get into that in my in my accolades. Can we get so, this
1: five stars? So, so my my point, though. I mean, that was a dope scene. But my point is that why you know if you see how the Empire is treating its own people, if you see how stormtroopers get mowed down by you know random people at most you know any time of the day what is the incentive to be a part of the empire at this point when the empire has fallen, you know, it's, it's banished really is supposed well, to be in the, the unknown regions is where they're supposed to be, but they're kind of, some of them still remnants around the, un, the, uh, the outer realm. At this point, I'm thinking the only reason to become a part of the empire is because why do people join the army? You know, not everybody joins the army, right. the United States army, because they're patriots. A lot of people join the army because they have no choices in life. There's like, and, you know, I can't do this. I can't do that. Oh, then you got this recruiting office on the corner on the south side is saying, listen, join, he, you know, join right. us. We'll take right. care of you. You know, blah, right. blah, blah. Is that the way it is with the you think that I mean, is that the untold story that needs to be told about the stormtroopers? Is this why yeah, people the, signing up?
0: Yeah. And I mean, at the risk of it being because it really is, you know, a completely separate real yeah. episode. Yeah. But the you know, the the the, the stormtroopers, they are the grunts. They are Mm -hmm. the infantry. And um, when you are at the height of your power, speaking of the empire, Mm -hmm. then you can attract people who have little to no means based on the promise, fulfilled or not, based on the promise of glory and success. Right. Become one of
1: us. And so you stop being one of them. Yeah. Yeah
0: and some things that we learned in um in clone wars but really in rebels. I remember a specific episode in rebels where you kind of get into the hierarchy of stormtroopers. You know, if mm-hmm. you got if you got black armor or you're flying a tie fighter, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? That's like you joining the air force and you became a pilot. You went to you know or you went to West Point and you became an officer when you got out. So mm-hmm. um and then ultimately when we get into you know, the the last uh J. J. Abrams, you know, trilogy, it it you know, it gets into my theory about about these being, you know, kidnapped children who are right. raised up. And you get some of that truth in how no one has names anymore. You know, they're mm-hmm. just referred to from jump
1: by their by their imperial right. uh number. Right, TK, whatever, right. Okay. Uh right. yeah, you're right. That's enough that's another episode I think we should do. So okay. Let's um move on um to chapter twelve of Mandalorian season two, the siege. So I'm going to read this recap really quickly. Um, this episode was directed by Carl Weathers. Po I Reed. know Carl Weathers who has other, I found out he has some other acting or directing, um, credits, um, to some, uh, TV shows, but yeah, so this was, wasn't his de- act, directing debut, but it was the first time I think I've ever watched anything he's directed, uh, and written by John Favreau. Uh, so the siege, needing repairs to the badly damaged Razorcrest, Den decides to make a pit stop on Navarro where he reunites with old friends Grief Karga and Cara Dune. Grief, now a magistrate, puts his best people on the crest, one of whom we discover later is an Imperial spy. After dropping the child off at the town's new school, Grief and Karga enlist Den's help in destroying the last remaining Imperial outpost on Navarro. The mission goes according to plan until the trio along with the Mithral from the series' very first scene, encounters weird tanks holding what appears to be bodies and discovers a recent transmission from Dr. Pershing to Moff Gideon. The transmission mentions the child and his M-count. Din races back to the city to retrieve the child. Grief and Karga blow the Imperial base, and Den returns to destroy the TIE fighters pursuing them. In the final scenes, Kara is approached by New Republic pilot pilot Carson Tiva. And we learned that the Imperial spy placed a tracker on the crest for Gideon and that Gideon has a light cruiser along with some dark troopers. Mm, That's a lot. So Arthur, what are your thoughts? um, What are your thoughts on uh, the siege? All right. First
0: and foremost, shout out to Gene Guy in this episode. Um, Gene Guy Is the uh, crew member, the production crew member, who inadvertently
1: showed up in the scene. How did you find, uh, oh, Gene Guy, you know what? Oh my God, that's crazy. When you said Gene Guy, I'm thinking like Gene, like Gene, like that's the name, like Gene, like a n n e or something, last name Guy, like Jasmine Guy, I'm like Gene Guy, like who is Gene Guy? It's like, is that some, <laughs> hilarious. Oh man, so, I, for, I forgot about Gene Guy, yeah, or Gene. Yeah, Duke, he, he, was, she was yeah. Because, uh, he was was
0: short-lived because he was digitally edited out. Mm. Um, mm. so, you know, maybe someone has somehow <laughs> captured There's that original episode and we'll have a, <laughs> we'll have a, yo,
1: did you see the action figure? Somebody I've, did an action
0: I've, figure. I, yeah. I sent you the action figure. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. yeah, The action figure. The old school
0: set. Kenner action figure design. And just to tell um, you how
1: crazy Star Wars fans are, there was actually a debate on Twitter. People trying to say, okay, is he canon? I'm like, <laughs> it's like it's out of your mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, but to the episode itself, um,
0: our foot's still on the gas. Um, we're at cruising speed. <laughs> um, but what I did like about it, I like I liked several things about it, but what I did like about it mostly was the return of Dr. Pershing. And now we're getting back to why the Empire or the remnants of the Empire want Grogu. Why do they want this child? Mm-hmm. And who are these bodies? So now we're starting to, the, you know, the onion is getting peeled back even more. On what is the motive of Gideon, and now that we've seen him again, mm-hmm. what is the motive of Gideon? Why does he want this child so bad and um what dr Pershing's true role is in providing whatever needs to be provided uh to Gideon? We can presume that m count is mitochlorion count mm-hmm. um who the bodies are, are these, are these super soldiers? Are these, you know, genetically engineered soldiers who, who can manipulate the force? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what's up? What's,
1: you know, what, is it a, is what's it a what's precursor up? to Snoke? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh God, Snoke. But, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I think that, um, uh, I, I think that there were, I don't know, there were a couple of, I think this was the first, episode because there are a couple others but i think this was the first episode where it just some of the and i don't know if this was a directorial decision i don't know if this was editing but some of it kind of felt like okay run down the hall okay great (laughs) run back okay run over here car look back look back Uh okay you fire fire you know what i mean it just seemed very rote Mm -hmm. It just seemed, you know, it just seemed very rote how the, how the action was moving. And, um, that's, that's what kept this from being the way for Mm -hmm. me. So, uh, again, gave, gave, uh, gave it three stars. Um, this is on the way.
1: On the way. Okay. All right. Um, I love this shit. This was a straight up action like eighties action buddy comedy. Yeah, this was some this was some A Team, right? This was A Team. (laughs) This was Lethal Weapon, Action Uh Jackson, you know, uh uh, I don't know, forty eight hours, you know. It was just it was straight up like eighties action, you know, comedy, Mm. whatever. And it was like, yeah, this this is Carl Weathers, you know, this is his era. You know what I'm Mm -hmm, saying? This makes mm -hmm. sense, you know, Predator, you know. It was just it was just had that feel to it, man. Where it was just like, you know, the rules are out the window. We got to get into some crazy shit and it's going to be fun and interesting and whatever. And so I was, I was with it. And then, you know, I love the beginning of this episode with, um, Din and baby Yoda and green wire, red wire. And, you know,
2: mm-hmm. all
1: that I loved, um, Den, you know, and him and baby Yoda sitting next to each other eating, um, and, you know, Den lifting his helmet, you know, slightly, you know, we've never seen that before. He li- he just cracks his helmet up just enough so he can take some sip of that um bone broth or whatever they were eating. Mm, mm-hmm. He he does that, and then Baby Yoda kind of like looks to see, yeah. oh, you know, trying yeah. to take a peek, like you know, like what's what's underneath there. It was is a really interesting moment. Um So it, you know, gradually it's like Den is kind of loosening up, but then once they get to Navarro, I was with it because okay, I felt like oh. This is another one of those side missions. I know Arthur probably gonna like this, but I'm I'm already in it. Like I'm already like I don't care if they don't talk about the mythology. You know, it was like I'm just like this this feels like fun. And of course, it's like, yeah, we'll fix your, you know, we'll put our best people on, on the Razor Crest. By the way, since you got a couple of hours, why don't you go help us with something? <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs> yeah. C- Den cannot get an off day. Give <laughs> my man, give my boy an off uh-huh. day. Just let him chill for a minute. You know, he has to clean the armor at some point. He's got to shave. We see him. Le- he does shave. You know, we see him later because, you know, without it. So we know he's shaved. He's got a shower. He's got to do something. Give my man a, an off day. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But no, he's got to go on a mission. So I was with it though. And so by the time they get to um oh by the way did you notice um the IG11 statue in Navarro did you see that Yeah I did yeah, yeah that, that was, was crazy. dope That was that was that was crazy I like that I wish the only thing would have made it better man is a Quill statue like I just mm. I still feel like my man hasn't gotten the the the, the, the due respect um Quill or it would have been dope to see Dan go visit Quill's grave you know and like just go give him some respect real quick since he's back on yeah. Navarro Um uh, I missed that I miss Quill man that was my guy Um But anyway, yeah. So by the time they get to the, uh, the outpost, the Imperial outpost, and we get that, you know, they, they run up on the, um, those, those tanks with those people in it. And then they intercept that transmission by the time we get through there, I was already with the episode, but then I was like, Oh shit. Now they're taking main mythology and blending it in with this kind of, you know, episodic thing, this, this, Mm. this side mission. Um, so I was like, wow, that's, that's Mm. really interesting. So To me, you know, Star Wars has always been about um, is a combination of like, you know, when Lucas created this thing, it was like it was very clear that his influences were that, you know, adventure of the week type storytelling Mm -hmm. of that era Mm -hmm. of his era of his generation's era. Um, And also the serialization, you know, of like, you know, the comic books or the Westerns or the, um, the comic strips or whatever. So it was like, you know, the Dick Tracy type stuff where you have to read, you know, every strip, you know, it's like every day you get a new piece of the story. It was a combination of these things. And to me, that's what this episode was. It was a clearly an adventure of the week, but it was also, we're going to continue telling you more about this serialized, you know, big mythology, um, that goes on with this series. So I really, really liked this episode, man. And I just, I think Carl Weathers did his thing, when that listen, when first of all, when him, Cara Dune and the Mithral are in that transport and they go over the cliff and you see Carl Weather goes, Ah, you know, him and mm-hmm. Mithral are screaming and Cara Dune mm-hmm. is just looking gleeful. I'm like, This is really some eighties, you know, action mm-hmm. <laughs> movie shit right here. And I, I'm with it. I grew up that's I'm an eighties kid, so I'm like, I'm I'm with all of that. So I really enjoyed it. So and then when um Den shows up you know, and and starts blowing away the Tie Fighters and rescues them, and the Ludwig Gorenson um, score just ratchets up to another level. And it's just like, oh, it's just great. It's almost like the it felt like a season finale or something for a second. And It's like, wait, nothing's really happened. But you know, what I'm saying this is just a great moment. And um, the whole, you know, the, the the it has to be said that what they're doing with flight in this season compared to what they did in the the season one is is incredible. You know, it's like this. the, yeah. the flying scenes look they just look excellent. They look movie quality. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're looking at, you know, in chapter with the heiress, when he was being pursued by the two X-Wings, and then in this chapter, when he goes head-to-head with these TIE fighters, it's mm-hmm. just, it's great. It's just really, really well filmed. Um, and just the, uh, the, the I don't know if they're, I think they're doing all of this in the volume. Um, and it just, it looks, it looks great. So I gave this episode a four star, man. This is the way. Mm-hmm. This is the mm-hmm. way for me.
0: Um, let, let me ask
1: you. With that, mm-hmm. do you? F- it
0: felt a little out of place that, in the conclusion of that of that of that chapter, that Kara was pr- uh, Kara was pr- approached mm-hmm. by the by uh, Carson, the New Republic pilot, and mm-hmm. given the offer to join the New Republic. And mm-hmm. my thing was, what connected him to Kara? or what did Kara do to identify herself as someone worthy? Mm -hmm. Right. It's like, is it just because she was a dropper?
1: Yeah. I think that, I think what we're supposed to get from that is I I like that he was there because it made sense for the story because he and his um, trapper wolf are are patrolling the outer realm, you know, presumably by themselves. It's like, there's not like a, at this point, at this point with the, the new Republic, we know from the, or I should say, I know from my cursory knowledge of the books, um, that, uh, they don't have a, they don't have a military, you know? So they just need some help. Le- Leia and, um, what's, the uh, oh God, is it Mon Mothma? Who's the, uh, is the, 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 um, head, one of the head, head new Republic. Um, she was in, um, Jedi, I believe. I think it was Mon Mothma. Anyway she and I believe Leia don't, and you know, somebody up, they don't want a military cause they don't want to become the empire. Even though that's what they're mm-hmm. becoming, they don't want to become the empire. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're gradually becoming a, a shade of the empire, but they don't want to become the empire. So they don't have a military. So yeah, it's just, you know, these two cats are out there patrolling the outer realm. So it made sense to me that he would be there in the sense of, um, yeah, some things are going down. So he comes down like a good cop and questions, you know, uh, he has his little notepad out and he's asking mm-hmm. questions to, uh, to grief. And then he tries to insinuate mm-hmm. things. Well, yeah. So when the, uh, when the Razor Crest goes, on and grief is like, oh, 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 I didn't say anything about Razor Crest. You know what I'm saying? It's like, mm-hmm. that's, that's mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, when he sees Kara Dune, I think what we're supposed to get from that is that yeah, he recognizes her tattoos give her away, you know, as a uh-huh. dropper. Uh-huh. Um, and maybe he, maybe he looked her up, you know, maybe he had another conversation with her and got her name and just looked her up. Maybe he has grief what her name was. Um, and looked her up so he knows about her. Yeah, and he okay. tries to recruit her, you know, because he's basically like, listen, it's only me and my boy out here. And, you know, I, I'm trying to tell people back in the core that there's some shit going down out here, that there's some remnants of the Empire out here mm-hmm. and nobody believes me. You know, he's mm-hmm. like nobody mm-hmm. believes that there's all these things that are related, that there's something going down. So I need some help. And I really believe and we'll get into it later in, the, in another episode, but I really believe that's the seed of the upcoming um, Rangers of the New Republic show. Um, that's yeah. going to hit Disney plus. I think yeah. that's, this is the seed of it. I think Kara probably Cobb Vanth, um, maybe a uh, Carson Tiva, and maybe somebody else are going to be these Rangers and we're going to get these stories. So that's, All that's right. what I think it is. All right. Um, chapter 13, this is the big one, Arthur. It's the big one. Yeah. This um, to me, this
0: is the capstone of the season.
1: Oh shit. Okay. All right. Chapter 13, the Jedi. Um, Dave Filoni writes and directs an episode that is a naked tribute to Akira Kurosawa films and other samurai and Western motifs. The episode opens outside the city of Caledon with Ahsoka Tano ripping through a squad of armed soldiers who are under the command of Imperial Magistrate Morgan Elspeth and her gun for hire, Lang. Ahsoka demands to know the location of Elspeth's master. Din Djarin and the child arrive on Corvus and enter Caladan. Elspeth, unaware that Den is seeking Ahsoka, offers Mando payment in the form of a spear made of pure Beskar if he kills the Jedi for her. Mando agrees without actually agreeing. He subsequently encounters Ahsoka in the forest and tells her of his real quest. Ahsoka communicates with the child through the Force, reveals that his name is Grogu, and that he trained under different masters at the Jedi Temple on Coruscant. Din refuses to train him on the basis that he is too emotionally attached to Din and is full of fear. Mando offers to help Ahsoka defeat Elspeth and Lang if Ahsoka will train Grogu. The Mandalorian and the Jedi attack Kaladan. Din kills Lang and Ahsoka defeats Elspeth in a duel, then demands that she tell Ahsoka the location of, say it all together, Grand Admiral Admiral Thrawn. Thrawn. (laughs) Didn't see that shit coming. Ahsoka gives the Beskar spear to Din, but still declines to train Grogu, deciding that it would be better if Grogu decides his own path. She tells Din to take him to a Jedi temple on the planet of Tython, where Grogu can make the choice to call out to another Jedi through the force. Arturius Maximus what were your thoughts of this episode and did you think that Grogu's name was actually going to be Grogu or or were you expecting something like Jerome, Mark, um, Tyler, Bobby. (laughs) (laughs) So what were your, what were your thoughts on this episode? All right. Well,
0: um, let me just say, I mean, this is the way it's four stars for a lot of reasons. Um, I, I believe it is the capstone because, because here is the point where, it's Ahsoka that actually tells <clears throat> Din, "Here's how this is gonna go." Mm. You know, before before Din meets Ahsoka, he's just got this information about you need to reunite this child with his people,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and he really doesn't have any clear clue other than Jedi and
2: mm-hmm.
0: associating the Jedi with Grogu's abilities on where to go what to do what's going on what's the larger picture in all of this and it's Ahsoka that breaks this all he just opens this all up breaks Mm -hmm. up all the mystery opens this all up she can talk to Grogu she can tell him she can tell Dan you know what he's feeling where he came from you know what his future could be just all of that
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Rosario Dawson looked good as Ahsoka. They got the costuming right. The only glitch was it I saw it almost looked like these little foam creases in her in her Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um
0: but you know you just gotta you gotta do the best you can and I believe that they did. Um mm-hmm. uh Rosario had the fighting style on point. They had the detail of the two lightsabers sta- that Ahsoka uses. One is shorter. One blade is shorter than the other. Um, I believe it's the longer blade that Anakin had retooled for her. In mm. oh, Clone Wars. In right. Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, she had the kind of the the light snarkiness to her her tone and some of her quips. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only. Not um, uh, drawback, but the only thing that 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 she couldn't completely sell all the way to me um, was her personal connection with the Jedi Order and the pain that she felt over Anakin and how she left. She mm. she she tried to sell it mm-hmm. in the in in the lines where she was explaining to Din why she didn't want to train, why she couldn't train mm-hmm.
1: him. Right. I've seen, I've seen what happened. you know, X, Y, and Z happened to the, to the best of us, to the yeah. best
0: of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but in re, but in reality, I felt, um, let me say this and I'll qualify it. But I felt that really what she, what she wasn't saying is that it was her who feared what could happen, that she didn't want to experience that personal pain
2: mm-hmm.
0: all over again. Mm-hmm. That's an excellent uh, point. And I believe that to be the case because if she really believed that, hey, I can't train him because of the fear and because of what I've seen, mm-hmm. I don't think she would have told him anything about the ruins of a Jedi temple. Like she wouldn't have given him another option. Mm-hmm. She'd have just closed the whole thing off. Mm-hmm. You know? Um I think that um uh, the 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 look of the production um, had a very um, had a very um, apocalyptic tone very barren, yeah. to it.
1: Barren, yeah. Barren, yeah. Just uh, like emptiness.
0: Yeah. Um, it was great to see the return of of uh, Michael Bean.
1: Mm. My man. Kyle. <laughs> I said Kyle is a Kyle Reese. I always get him confused with his brother because his brother is Derek Reese. Kyle Reese, uh, yeah. Kyle, Kyle Reese. Reese, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And um, I think that. Uh, I think I think that Falony did a really good job um, with this episode. Did he write this episode
1: or did? Yeah, he uh, wrote in Yeah, he wrote and directed this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. I just think Ahsoka was treated really, really well, and um, I think that uh, it gave. I think it gave us as 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 fans who really know the history of Ahsoka and and have, have seen her path. You know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. it. It it made me feel like she, her character was, was given a great amount of respect on how she was going to be portrayed by a live actor, which mm-hmm. was, I know both of our biggest concerns over
1: it. Right. But I think, I think, I think Rosario was the, was the right choice for it. So this one is a, you said you rated this one the it's way. four stars. Yeah. yeah. This is the way for you. Um, yeah, that, that Ahsoka thing, man, it was, I I was very nervous, you know, before I watched this episode, mm-hmm. um, because of that and because Ahsoka, you know, along with millions of other people who, you know, who, you know, watched her throughout the Clone Wars and in Rebels, um, she means a lot to me, you know, she, she, the the last time I really felt very emotional about Star Wars was that scene, you know, when, um, uh, she confronts Vader and yeah. his mask splits and he says Ahsoka and you hear Anakin's voice and she, you know, really realizes that it's mm-hmm. him. You know, she, is, mm-hmm. she, she kind of, she knew it was him, but then that was the moment where she, there was, it was undeniable that that was Anakin. And I, that, that hit me hard, man. Cause mm-hmm. I was like, she was like, you know, she was feeling all of everything that she had went through with him and for him to become that, um, was heartbreaking for her. It was devastating. It changed, it, it changed everything for her. And just, you know, watching that character grow up throughout the Clone Wars and then, you know, and through and then become a woman, you know, in Rebels. Um, and then earlier this year, man, it's hard to believe that the Siege of Mandalore on Clone Wars took place in 2020. Like, it seems like that was a million years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was this year. That was back in. Remember that that started, that whole arc, I think, started when the pandemic hit. Um, so that wasn't that long ago for us in our memories. and. That last scene, um, actually, yeah, that was the last time I got, I felt very emotional with Star Wars. It was when um, her and Rex, you know, burying the bodies mm-hmm. of the other clones, mm-hmm. yeah. the music, Kevin Kiner's uh, uh, score, and, you know, then Vader rolling up later. I mean, all of that, wow, you know, just uh, Ahsoka, 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 Ahsoka. So I was nervous before this because I'm a Rosaria Dawson fan, as we've talked about on this this show. You know, I'm a fan of hers as well. And, mm-hmm. I was happy that she got the role, but I always kind of felt, you know what? Ahsoka Prime, so to speak, is always going to be Ashley Eckstein because I hear her voice. Yeah. That's the voice I hear in my head when I think about Ahsoka and animated, not just Ashley, but just the animated um, Ahsoka is the real Ahsoka to me. Yeah. Um, You know, that's, you know, know, take that as, if that sounds like a cliche or not cliche, but that sounds kind of backwards. The animated Ahsoka is real to me. Um, Maybe that's a paradox is what I'm trying to say, but... So I was feeling a little nervous. Now, when I started watching this episode, first of all, let me say, I think it's a beautiful change of pace because um, this episode is noticeably slower yeah, than the mm-hmm, other episodes. Mm-hmm. And after I saw it, I saw an interview recently with um, Dave Filoni where he talked about this episode. And he says he purposely you know, had a conversation with John Favreau. He's like, listen, I want to slow this episode down. I want to spend more time doing longer shots than we usually do um and that was noticeable to me upon the first or second viewing it's just like mm-hmm. it's a really meditative you know episode and it's an absolute homage to those you know seven samurai or jimbo or you know some of the westerns it's like it's very samurai like you know very very samurai like um and i really like that about this episode i also it left me first first it left me kind of feeling cold at first that planet is that planet planet that planet is so raw or so barren and so desolate you know that it was like that didn't really mix in my mind with Ahsoka. Ahsoka is bright and you know her vibe is always kind of like you know she's Ahsoka you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. it's like there's Mm -hmm. a happiness to her even when she's even when there's a a sadness there's still a little bit happy so the planet kind of threw me off at first because I'm like oh this is this doesn't feel like Ahsoka's vibe um and then we find out she's there on a mission so it's like okay well she's not living there she's just there on a mission um so when Rosario showed up for me Arthur (sighs) I had a little trouble at first, you know, accepting her as Ahsoka. She felt, you know, she felt like, she felt like if you would have told me that's Ahsoka's cousin, I'd have been like, oh, okay. That makes, that's Ahsoka's cousin. Mm -hmm. You know, that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Um, Basoka, whatever her name is, you know, that's, that's, that's her. She looks like she's family of Ahsoka. Um, but I had a trouble accepting her and, and I guess it was her voice. It just wasn't, it wasn't the voice, Mm -hmm. you know, and it was like, she sounded like Rosario Dawson to me. Um, this was first viewing I got to preface it by saying yeah. this was I'll first viewing. Mm-hmm. Um, her movements though, started to win me over. Cause like you said, she moved like Ahsoka. So you can yeah. tell that she spent time studying, you know, clone wars and rebels and seeing how Ahsoka moves. Um, the animated Ahsoka moves. And she, she mimicked that, especially when she takes the, uh, the town, she jumps up on the, um, like on that little bridge yeah, and takes out uh-huh. that bell and she's fighting those cats and she has the, the facial expressions. I'm like, damn, that's Ahsoka, you know? So yeah. she started to win me over there. Um, but I never really, I never kind of completely, I've, I've watched that episode maybe three or four times now, and I've never completely accepted her as Ahsoka, but I know that we know that now there's going to be an Ahsoka series. Um, I'm certain that after three or four episodes of that series, you know, she'll be Ahsoka to me, you know? I really hope that I'm also still going to get animated Ahsoka. I hope that this that doesn't preclude preclude um, mm-hmm. getting animated Ahsoka. But just sticking on this one, it did take me a, a while to kind of like you know like okay, this is Ahsoka. But as an episode, um, I thought it was great. I thought the episode was great. Um, the way it was shot, again, the whole samurai feel of it, the duel between Ahsoka and Morgan Elspeth mm-hmm. um, was I thought was beautifully choreographed. The fact that as they were having a simultaneous like um, Western type standoff between Mando and Lang. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael, Michael beans, uh, uh, dialogue there where he tells Mando, you know, we're, we're all willing to die for the right cause. And he says, which this is not, you know, and I was like, Ooh, that was a great line. I want, mm-hmm. I was mad <laughs> when he died. Cause I was like, I wanted I, I kind of want more of that. You know, why does he, you mm-hmm. know, give us some more philosophy on why this is the great cause, but you're still here. You know, why are you still, you're still, you know, taking this, this, um, the money to do what you're doing. Um, that was, that was cool. So I was sad to see him go. Um, but I, I enjoy pretty much everything about this episode. There was one thing though, that took it, um, for me that kept it from being a four star. Okay. And it's a nitpick. It's kind of a nitpick because star Wars, I feel like they had an opportunity right here, Mm -hmm. right in this moment to do what they're always, they're always talking about, you know, I shouldn't say they are maybe, maybe um, fans are always talking about, listen, let's do something outside of the Skywalker thing. Let's, let's make the galaxy bigger. Let's make the star Wars universe itself as a franchise bigger Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and let's create something brand new. Mm -hmm. And I felt they had the opportunity right here in this episode. And that's Mm -hmm. when uh, Ahsoka is communicating with, with uh, the child She reveals the name to Din and then she reveals his backstory and we find out, oh, the child, you know, was raised at the Jedi temple, was trained by many masters there, somehow survived um, Anakin's assault against the, um, um, Mm -hmm. or I should say Vader's assault against the uh, the temple and was not among the younglings that got killed by Mm -hmm. Vader, Mm -hmm. slaughtered by Vader. Um, somebody got him out. Somebody got Grogu out. We don't know who yet, but somebody got Grogu out. Maybe it was Yoda. I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, but somebody got Grogu out. She mentions Yoda. Mm-hmm. And when she says Yoda, Grogu's head pops up. You know, I don't know if you caught that, but mm-hmm. she says, you know, I've only mm-hmm. known one of being that. like this, a wise master, uh, Jedi master named Yoda. Grogu looks at her, you know, mm-hmm. as, as if he recognizes that name. Um, but anyway, I felt like in that moment, Arthur, I felt like that was the moment where they could have been like, you know what? His backstory, Ahsoka could have said, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but I'm not paraphrasing. I'm riffing. Ahsoka could have said something like every, you know, force user I've known of his abilities were trained by Jedi. Grogu was not, I don't know how he got these abilities. I don't know who Mm -hmm. trained him. I don't know where he comes from. I don't know. It's just darkness. Like, you know, I can't. And in doing that, they would have created something completely separate from Jedi. You know what I'm saying? It's like, here's yeah. a force user of great ability, um, un- untrained ability, as we know, but who has great ability, great potential. And he's not associated with Jedi. He didn't go to the Jedi temple. He's 50 years mm-hmm. old. So what the hell has mm-hmm. he been doing for 50 years? Mm-hmm. He's, you know, he- he's not affiliated with the clone wars or any. He comes from some unknown place and we have to find out what that is because Mm -hmm. this represents something brand new apart from Jedi or Skywalker or anything else. Mm -hmm. And I felt like, wow, that was a great opportunity for them to do that. And that's not to say that I'm disappointed with, you know, the storyline that we followed since that moment, because I think it is interesting to find out, oh, who got Grogu out of the temple, you know, who trained Grogu? What, what's going to happen now? Grogu, I'm, I'm interested in all those things, but I will say I think that it was a really good opportunity for them to step outside of that and do something mm-hmm. brand new. Um, but they missed that for whatever reason. You know, they missed that. Um, so for that reason, this this wasn't a perfect episode for me at the moment. I, and I should you know, we should I think both of us can say, you know, you ask us a year from now. Maybe our ratings change on some of these right. because, you know, they, they kind of they grow on you or they change over time. Um, but right now, this was a three stars for me. So this this episode is on the way. This is on the way. It's not okay. the way it's on the way.
0: I'll give you that. I mean, I had felt that I had hoped that Yoda, Grogu, that species were, you know, just. You know, basically the physical manifestation of the force. I mean, essentially Bendu, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Bendu from the Rebels cartoon I love series. That dude. Love that dude. Um, He has no backstory. Like he, it. Like I am the force. If if mm-hmm. you have Bendu, tell it. And mm-hmm. I I started to feel like this is what we were going to have happen with Grogu. That it was going to be revealed that this is another being. That, I would love that. Mm-hmm. That you know I. I am the force and the force is me. We are one. Mm -hmm. Um, But it didn't knock off a star for me because I feel that the whole, the package as a whole was so important to the story overall. But, but, but then, you know, specifically um, that it just, it kind of, it, it it made up for it. You know, Mm -hmm. the, 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 the total was, 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 was greater than the sum of its parts. Mm -hmm. I will Uh, also even use that expression correctly. Yeah,
1: I never, I never use that expression correctly. It's
0: a dangerous expression,
1: I see, because if you don't use it right. (laughs) I'm still working on that expression. So somebody (laughs) out there knows, please hip us to how you use that expression. Um, I will also add though, that. In addition to, there's one other thing I really didn't like about this, and that was the Grand Admiral Thrawn mentioned. Not because I don't m- like Thrawn. I like Thrawn, and I want to see Thrawn. I want to see Thrawn come back, whether it's animated or not, because yep. I love just hearing him talk. Just whatever he wants to talk about, you know, just the way he talks yeah. about those things, and, you know, it's very interesting. And just that kind of, you know, he's like, he's, he's I just, putting you in a trance every time he talks. So, Right.
0: We need he, to get back to that, because...
1: I don't want, you're preempting my whole, but yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. there. I'll I'll just (laughs) say this really quickly. The reason I didn't like it is because it didn't serve the story that was being told to us. It was Mm -hmm. very, I felt as if the producers reached their hands in the script at some point and just wrote that line. You know what I'm saying? Because it was like, Mm -hmm. as soon as they wrote that line, I said, oh, they're about to announce the Ahsoka series. And it felt like it took me out of the story for a second because I'm like, that has nothing to do with, what, you know, is happening right here. That is ba- that That was the backdoor pilot moment where it was like, boom, here is, you know, the tease for something that has nothing to right. do with the Mandalorian. Right. And we'll tell you that some other time. Right. And it just felt, it felt out of place to me. There's, there's some things that happen later on with, uh, Boba Fett and Bo-Katan and, um, I think there's some things that happened in the first season too. I can't remember them offhand, but there's just certain things that happened that, you know, even the Carson Tiva stuff, you know, even the Carson Tiva stuff with um with Cara Dune, there was some it was it was germane to the story that was being told. You know, mm-hmm. it was it made sense mm-hmm. for him to be there. Mm-hmm. It made sense for us to be privy to the conversation that he was having. It just all made sense. Whereas this, it was like that has nothing. That was clearly just a drop to say, okay, here's this n- other series that we're going to be talking about. Grand Admiral Thrawn, I doubt is going to show up on the Mandalorian unless that's something, unless they're going to tie those two shows together. Um, All right. so that kind of took it down a notch for me anyway. Okay. But anyway, we're going to get to that later. Cause you said you got, you're going to bring that up later, right? Right. And we got three episodes left. Okay. Three episodes left. All right. This is getting, it's getting, this is where it's like, your, my stomach started tightening every, every Friday. Cause it's like, This is getting critical now. So I I knew this was coming. Chapter 14, The Tragedy. Um, Mando and the child arrive on Tython, and Mando places the child on the seeing stone at the top of the sacred mountain. Nothing happens at first, but then Grogu is surrounded by an energy field. The Slave One arrives, and Boba Fett confronts Din, demanding the return of the armor Din recovered from Cobb Vanth. Fennec Shand, last seen in Chapter 5, accompanies Fett and reveals that he saved her life. Imperial troop carriers arrive and Fett and Chan battle stormtroopers. Mando tries to retrieve Grogu, but the child is still in a force trance. Mando is knocked unconscious by the energy field. Fett gets his armor from the razor crest and fights off the last of the stormtroopers. Dark troopers arrive and take the child. The razor crest is destroyed by a blast from Moff Gideon's cruiser. Fett proves to Mando by way of his chain code that Jango Fett was a Mandalorian foundling. Den returns to Navarro and asks the Cara Dune's help in in finding a New Republic prisoner named Mayfeld. Moff Gideon confronts Grogu and taunts him, then orders that a message be sent to Dr. Pershing, informing him that Gideon has their donor. Arturius Maximus, thoughts on the tragedy? Okay, so
0: really like this one. It was com- done almost completely on lo- what seemed to be on location. I mean,
1: it was just an outdoor. We're using the terrain. Right. Everybody was saying um, it was Southern. It was like some park in Southern California. They were like naming on Twitter, they're like naming where it was. <laughs> So yeah. This is why I try
0: to stay off of the internet because it's like you're just <laughs> killing all of my joy with this these right, little details. Right. <laughs> um, I need these people to be on a galaxy far, far away on some random. There was hey, a there was
1: a there was a meme that had like a telling Den, "Okay, you need to go to Tython. You take the 105 to the 405." <laughs> <then you, laughs> <laughs> hilarious, hilarious.
0: Um, so I. Uh, I kind of want to give with my, this episode oh, I did okay. struggle a little bit I struggled okay. a little bit because there were so many things that I loved about this episode, but it, it's just like I had to accept a lot to get to that love it's mm. like I had accepted the fact that as soon as they enter the atmosphere they 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 like immediately see the temples like oh that's the rock <laughs> that's the mountain that's hey, man, it that's, we don't have to double check nothing you know that's Star Wars man that's Star Wars um, There's but only then one when they town
1: on every planet
0: <laughs> right <laughs> but then when they do that you know they have the great shot of of Mando. Hold, you know, holding Grogu, and they're flying. You know what I mean? And yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. that was you that was. Grogu, dope. Go woo! Yep, yeah, that yep. was
1: that was dope.
0: Um, yeah. And even before that, but when they when they're when they're approaching Tython and Din is calling his name, you know. Mm,
1: oh yeah, 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 yeah. He's playing with them. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's playing, playing
0: with them, and yeah. he's getting that interplay that. And and that's when I not to discount what you were saying about those moments when they were bonding mm. um but that was a more that was a more obvious bond and i i i picked up on it immediately and and mm. enjoyed it you know for that um i liked the 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 visceral just violence of of the episode um i know we were talking you talked about earlier of how you know the stormtroopers getting getting picked off um, was just like, man, he's, you know, they dying left and right. Mm. Um, but to see Boba, I mean, you can talk about literally cracking helmets, mm. Mm. um, just to armor, see armor that style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, with that weapon, not, not, you know, he's not going with guns, you know, he's going with just straight up brute force. Mm. Um, the, the way that you had. Um, Grogu connect with the, uh, the, the, the seeing stone and send, you know, call out to the force, mm-hmm. um, you know, in, in a trance like, and I mean, he's sitting up there, he's got his, you know, he's holding his finger <laughs> with his thumbs. And he, that was so cute, man. He's like, trying, like, yeah. <laughs> like doing his thing.
1: Right he got into it and him, have that and, and, him and him. have the
0: force actually you know protect him that Dan can't even get to him mm-hmm. um was just a really powerful um just like a- you know i mean powerful moment, yeah, but it, it just it it just the visual of it um mm-hmm. was just really really strong, i mean there were a lot of strong visual elements to mm-hmm. this um to have the Razor Razorcrest be destroyed immediately in a similar... I think you were the one that sent me the text. It was like it reminded you of Miami Vice when oh, Crockett's spider man. gets blown up.
1: Blown up. <laughs> same, it was the same thing. It was like you... I, you know, not to get on the Miami Vice tangent, but I remember that, you know, I was very, this is 30 something years I was really small. And I remember Friday nights was Miami Vice night. And I remember watching that episode. It never, there was no foreshadowing. There was nothing nothing that told you this was going to happen. Crockett is just talking to this arms dealer. Dude is like one is a demonstration of how, you know, powerful his, his merchandise is. And he just blows up the spider. And you like, I remember watching it, like. What the fuck? You know what I'm, saying? I'm, like, I'm like eight years old or whatever. I'm like, what the fuck? What just happened? And, you know, your mouth drops, and because the spider is just like the Razor Crest, it was a part of the show, man. It was like you know that was the iconography of the show, and it just gets blown up in a heartbeat. And it's like, what? And you know, Mando had the same look on his 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 uh, helmet that, that Crockett had on. Yeah, he face.
0: just absolutely felt that. um yeah. But the, you know, there there are a lot of things that I could that I could that I could mention. Um, mm-hmm that I liked about this, but, but to move it, keep it going. A couple things that I had a problem with and thing. Number one was Boba. When Boba first appears, he's talking to Jen, Jen, he's talking to Din. I'm thinking about, <laughs> yeah, thinking only about only uh, yeah. one. <laughs> he's talking to Din, and he tells him that he wants the armor that that Den recovered from Cobb Vanth. My thing was, okay, Boba, if you knew who had the armor, wouldn't it have been easier to just get it <laughs> back on tattooing from Cobb Vanth instead of going toe to toe with this A other dude who's right. basically wearing Fort Knox as his armor? <laughs>
1: Boba likes the challenge, right? <laughs> it, dude, he Cobb Vanth had it for year or years and it was like he yeah, I'll just let him. Like hold you him just found him. out <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I can only assume, Arthur, that we're going to find out that full story of that later on because that yeah. is a huge question. Like, why wait? Yeah, why? So
0: wait? I, I, I definitely had a problem with that, and mm. um, I didn't. Well, I guess the, the 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 fight sequences were were okay, but there was something that the fight sequences were great, but there was there was a moment when. I think Fennec, I think, I think there was a moment when Fennec was going to kick over this giant boulder. Right. And she starts counting one, two, three. Does she count?
1: I thought she was grunting.
0: I, it, it, for the first time I saw it, it sounded mm-hmm. like she was grunting. The second time I thought, saw it, it sounded like, like she was counting. sounded like ah, she was counting.
1: Okay, I got to go back and listen because I, I thought she was grunting. I mean, you know, she's Finnick is like you know probably weighs you know one hundred and twenty pounds, one hundred and fifteen pounds, soaking wet. So I thought she was grunting, trying to get that thing you know pushed over. But okay, I'm, I'll go back and listen because that would be weird if she's counting.
0: Yeah, I'm not a thousand percent, but but see, here's the, there, there are times when there are times when the characters they say things or they use expressions. That would not have existed in a galaxy far, far away. Oh, you know? okay, okay, All right. it's, and it's, it's kind of like to you. Yeah. It's, um, chapter eight at the beginning when we had when Jason Sudeikis. He's 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 a he's a you know he's a stormtrooper. Yeah, 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 he's a yeah. he's riding a speeder and everything, and they're and right. they're having this dialogue, and he says.
1: Say Jesus Christ, or he said something. He says something, yeah, that just took me. Yeah, I, I it's came, just real
0: casual, yeah. and it's not really in character. And so, right. so there were some things for this episode that that kind of uh, kept it from being a being the the complete way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I ended up giving this giving this one three stars.
1: On mm-hmm. the way, okay. Yeah, we on um, the way with this one. So for me, this was this direct this was written by Favreau. it was directed by Robert Rodriguez. Um so some of the, the fighting style you saw and some of that visceral violence. I mean, that's Oh yeah, that that a definitely came of through it yeah. from what he does. Um and I, I did I love the opening scene with um Din and, and Grogu. And I I you know, obviously because it you know they were basically having a very father son moment and, you know, very emotional thing. And I also really like that Den was very clearly trying to talk himself into what he, you know, he knew what he had to do. You know, his quest was to deliver the child back to the Jedi. Right. Yeah. And he, he, you know, that was his quest, but he was, you know, the more time he spends with the child, the stronger their bond grows, the harder it's going to be for him to actually, you know, do that, you know, to let go of the child. And so in that moment, he's talking to the child, he's saying, you know, okay, kid, I'm going to get you, you know, the, um back to, uh you know, the nice lady. He calls Ahsoka the nice lady, which was hilarious. Mm-hmm. You know, the nice lady on Tython said, I'm a, you know, we just need to get you here. And, you know, I'm going to deliver you to the Jedi. And they're going to take really good care of you. They're going to train you because I can't. You know, you're too powerful. He's telling the child all this. And he's like, and he tells the child, you know, you have to accept this. And he's saying this, but it's like he's really talking to himself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because he's not, he knows how this... How am I going to let this? This is basically my kid now. This is my son. You know, how can I let him go? Um, And so he's talking to himself. So I thought that was really poignant, you know, and and, and very, and I felt that, you know, as a father that touched me. Um, But this episode, I'm with you. This episode really presented problems for me. And because I really liked a lot of it, but then my problem with this episode I barely it, it was almost like what I just said about the previous episode with the Grand Admiral Thrawn mention mm-hmm. and the fact that it felt very much like um, I could feel the the creators and the producers hands in the script too much. I felt that way with this issue, this episode in the sense that I felt like this was retribution for Boba Fett fans and um, chief among them being. You know, John Favreau, Robert Rodriguez, probably mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, okay, we love Boba Fett, and we've always loved Boba Fett, even though he really didn't do shit. Mm-hmm. And in the in the in the in the original trilogy, now he's done a lot of things in the Legends um, stories, and and even I think in some of the canon comic books as well. But as far as like the films, he you know his, his where he, where most people know him from, he really didn't do anything mm-hmm. um, except for I think that brilliant. I, I love the moment when he you know he's the only person that realized you know the million, the millennium falcon was hiding amongst the debris um i thought that was that was a brilliant moment but other than you know basically standing cool looking cool um not taking shit from vader which is actually a big thing you know yeah. um he really didn't have too many big moments and so for fans of boba fett who have been like you know basically stands for boba fett for decades mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. this felt like okay we are going to have this this episode just kill all the noise. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't think Boba Fett's the shit. We're going to show you, you know, mm-hmm. Boba Fett is that dude, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? We're going to mm-hmm. show you right now. And so it just completely took me out of the show, that action sequence. Yeah. And let me, let me just say, I like tomorrow Morrison as Boba Fett. Yeah. I like the way he's playing him. I like yeah. the fact that it seems like, I love the line when he tells, um, Den, you know, Den is like, you know, looks at, um, Fennec is like, I thought, you know, you were dead when I saw you on, uh, uh Tatooine and Boba says, you know, fate intervened, like, and then saved, you know. He said, I'm paraphrasing, he said, um, sometimes fate interde- intervenes and saves the wretched, you know, and he says something like us, you know, the wretched, you know, and it's mm-hmm. like he's throwing mm-hmm. himself into that. I was like, oh shit, this is Boba Fett with like layers and Boba mm-hmm. Fett with like mm-hmm. pathos. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's like we're mm-hmm. going to get a whole lot of like interesting things from Boba. So I was, I like Boba Fett, you know what I'm saying? I like him much more now than I did as a kid. Um, But my my appreciation for Boba Fett is built on those things, not on his, his propensity for violence, you know what I'm saying? Not on his propensity to be, you know, a quote unquote badass. And I felt that this episode showcased that in a way that it was like, it was almost like they were retconning him. You know what I'm saying? It was like, Mm -hmm. they were just like, yes, we are going to prove in these 10 minutes that Boba Fett is the baddest motherfucker in the world, you know? And Mm -hmm. it was like, Mm -hmm. oh, how are we going to get den out of the way? Um, cause this is his show. Oh, I know. We'll just knock him unconscious for like 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, that way, that way <laughs> Boba can just wreck shop and then Den will come back, help out Finnick. By the way, Fennec was, it was, was busting heads like through the whole episode. Fennec mm-hmm. Finnick Shan is now one of my favorite characters. Um, c- cause I like Ming, not Win. I've always liked Ming, not Win, um, who, by the way, is 57 years old, Arthur. She's 57, 57. Mm. Um, and she's fine as hell by the way, as well. And she she, you know, she was handling business. But then Den gets knocked unconscious. Boba wrecks shop just without any armor. He just wrecks shop for a while. And again, it was like complete showcase. This is why Boba Fett is the man. All right. He goes to the ship to get the armor. Den wakes up, helps Finnick for a while. They start getting, you know, overcome. And all of a sudden, here comes, you know, Boba Fett in the armor. And it's like another mm-hmm. five minutes to pure showcase. Now, I appreciated the violence. I appreciated the way it was directed and everything, but it just it just felt too much. I don't want to say fan service. It felt too much like Boba service. You know what I'm saying? It was like, just, you know, we are going to retcon the last whatever decades and be like, yo, this is why he's that dude. Um, so I, you know, it's a a nitpick, man. I'm cool with it. It's just, it kind of took me out of the episode for a while. Um, the moment, you know, the razor crest getting blown up, broke my heart, but it was also, I think just really dope how they did that. Um, and just then, you know, seeing him, in the wreckage and you realize he's lost everything. You know, he Mm -hmm. lost his son. He lost his ship, all his belongings. Um, presumably his money, I'm guessing whatever money he had was on that ship, unless he's got a stash somewhere, you know, this dude is just, he's, he's desolate at this point. Um, so I, you know, I love Grogu on the seeing stone. I was immediately like, okay, who did, who did he call? Who did he call? Who did he call? You know, it's like, you know all the theories was it was it luke was it ezra was it uh they castles throwing out names i never heard i don't play the video games so cat was cast was talking about was it uh was it i think cal kestis or somebody and i was like i don't even know who that is but <laughs> right. they were like it could be any you know all the they were just throwing out jedi's cast were like maybe mace windu you know the mace windu theory that he's still alive mm-hmm. maybe it was mace mm-hmm. or maybe it's gonna be a force ghost maybe yoda will show up that was cool to me to see, you know, have that mystery around. So ultimately though, I had to give this episode, I gave this episode in between, I gave this a, um, a two and a half stars. So basically this looks like the way slash on the way. So mm-hmm. I was in between those two. Um, this looks like the way and on the way. So that's where I'm at with this.
0: You know, I thought, I, I thought you'd be a solid three. Cause I knew your thoughts about this episode, you know, from previous conversations, mm-hmm. but Grogu, on the light cruiser in the detention center, just tearing up mm. those, those, those oh, poor yeah, yeah. stormtroopers <laughs> <laughs> going to yeah. town,
1: going to town on them. Yeah. And let me let me say this really quickly, man. People were online talking about, you know, this is just more proof that Grogu has the dark side in him because he was forced mm-hmm. choking stormtroopers. Mm-hmm. This dude is a foot tall. What yeah. the fuck else is he supposed to do? <laughs> How right. is he supposed to defend right. himself? Right. You know, what right. saying what I'm it's like he right. can't. He can't wield a lightsaber at this point. He can't hold a blaster. You know what I'm saying? It's like, if there's people coming at him or if he's in danger, if he feels like somebody he loves is in danger, like he did with Din and and when he force choked Kara, he's just doing whatever he can do. So, and let's not forget Luke, you did the force choke. Remember in return of the Jedi, he did the force choke. Um, So yeah, I feel like people were blowing that out of proportion. You know, I mean, it may, maybe future episode, maybe we'll see Grogu. Turn towards the dark side or something, but I, I feel like people are blowing that out of proportion. So, anyway, two more episodes. You ready? Uh, Chapter 15, The Believer. Yep. The Believer, um, written and directed by Rick Famayiwa, my man, my mm-hmm. man, Rick. um, Cara Dune, now Marshal of the New Republic, arranges for the release of prisoner and ex Imperial Miggs Mayfeld from the chop fields of Carthon. Mayfeld tells Din, Cara, Fett, and Shan that they will need to travel to a hidden Imperial Rydonium refinery on Morak in order to get the coordinates for getting a ship via an Imperial terminal on Morak. Den and Mayfeld hijack a Rydonium transport, disguise themselves as Imperial soldiers and fight off a band of pirates. I put pirates in quotes. We'll get to that later mm-hmm. at the Imperial refinery. Mayfeld refuses to enter the mess hall where the terminal is located for fear of being discovered by a former commander, commanding officer Valen Hess. Den accesses the terminal himself and removes his helmet so that the machine can scan his face. Hess orders both Den and Mayfeld to have a drink with him, where Mayfeld, after listening to Hess callously dismiss the horrors of Operation Cinder, part of Palpatine's contingency plan, kills Hess. Mayfeld kills Hess. Den and Mayfeld flee the refinery and are picked up by Fett. Den reveals that he was able to acquire Gideon's coordinates, then uses the information to send them off a threatening transmission. All right. So bruh, how did you feel about chapter fifteen penultimate episode of the season, The Believer? Great
0: acting um by Pedro here. The the looks on his face with without the mask on. He looks he looks so uncomfortable. Mm. <laughs> he, yeah. he looks so uncomfortable. Um I mean I think I think you were telling me that Pedro Pascal himself, you know, he had issues of not being able to. He he wanted his face shown more. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think this was you know uh, a a deliberate attempt at making that happen for him and really really giving him an opportunity to showcase Mm -hmm. you know his his skills and what. What did it for me is when he, seeing him at the terminal, realizing that that he can't find out, he can't find Gideon's ship, he can't find Grogu unless he pulls his mask off. To me, that, yeah. was, that was him crossing that threshold of, I'm dad, I gotta, yeah. I gotta get my boy back. He he says he at whatever cost.
1: If we don't get this information, I'll lose the kid forever.
0: Yeah, Um, and you know Mayfeld man, and I I didn't, I didn't really like him in season one. Like I wasn't invested in 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 his character, uh, you know, in season one, uh, the you know the prison break episode. Mm -hmm. But here, I I really appreciated him more. And it's like I appreciated him along with the characters in the episode, (laughs) you know, Mm. appreciating him because um, Den could see his pain and the horrors that he saw as – I know he wasn't – he was a sharpshooter, so he wasn't necessarily an an officer. But he had some some serious rank
2: Mm.
0: Um, and really seeing that he was at the time, you know, drinking the Kool-Aid and – still you know stood by and watched the annihilation of of people right um you know in the name of you know order for the galaxy mm-hmm. um i uh i did like the action sequences here i liked that and i know that you refer to them as pirates in quotes but um i i i you know i liked that there were people local to the planet who were rebelling against the presence of the empire there, uh, Mm -hmm. presumably mining the planet's resources at the expense of the people in order to further an agenda that doesn't benefit them in any kind of, any kind of way. Mm -hmm. Um, I, uh, I, I did kind of like this bonding of, um, Kara and, and uh and Mm Finnick um and what I really really liked is that everybody was doing this uh, with the exception of Mayfield who was doing it you know very apprehensively but Mm -hmm. you know everybody was doing this like all Din had to say was they got the kid right (laughs) Gideon has Gideon has a child like really
1: right well that changes things right let's go (laughs)
0: you know let's all mount up right um yeah. but yeah there was there was some good acting here um we'd never seen the the inner workings of 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 the imperial at least being in an imperial environment you know where they were che- you know it's like when Mayfield and Din got through mm-hmm. and got into the base how they were looked at as as heroes, we did it. It was a mm-hmm. team effort, you know. Yeah. Um you, you hadn't seen much, it from yeah. the interior side of it. You'd always seen it from the military structure from on the a space cruiser side. Yeah, it
1: was very much from the rebels. Like the, we've seen that with the rebels right. a lot. Right. Know, with them cheering right. and everything. Yeah, we never seen this though. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So
0: um a lot of just a lot of just a lot of newness. Mm-hmm. Um and uh I, I just I, you know I, I just really appreciated that.
1: So what so, did your what was your rating?
0: Uh I gave it 3 stars.
1: Oh okay, no okay. All right. So what was did you have an issue with some of it that kept it from 4 stars or it just wasn't it just uh, didn't Oh no 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 no. I'm
0: right? sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I gave it 4 stars. I did. Okay. All right. I this say, is the way I gave say, it 4 stars. Like, you know, sorry about that. I still complaints. had <laughs> 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 I still have I still have my uh, my notes on the tragedy.
1: Okay. All right. Um all right. So for me, you I mean yeah, let it be First of all, let it be said that Chapter two, um, the child from season one, mm-hmm. also directed by, not written by, but directed by Rick Famuyiwa, Famuyiwa is my favorite Mandalorian episode period. Still. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just something so powerful and so beautiful about that episode. Um, it just, it just rocks me every time I look at it. it just, it's just, it's just a perfect episode for me. Mm-hmm. So I was going into this one thinking, man, I, I, you know, is Rick going to be able to, to, to do, you know, Um, what he did with chapter two, he also did chapter six, I believe the prisoner, which was, you know, it was, it was, it was very well directed. I think the script, you know, needed work on that episode, but it was very well directed. Um, but this one, this one hit it out of the park for me, man. The believer is just like, it really, it really came through. Um, I, you know, I appreciated the redemption of Mayfeld. Like you said, mm-hmm. he was not a, he was not a character I looked forward to seeing again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he was used very, very, very effectively in this episode as a tool to not only question, um, his own, you know, beliefs and his, and the beliefs of, uh, you know, some of his, the people he served with, but also to, you know, throw a, a kind of like to, to nudge Mando, um, mm-hmm into, you know, based on what Mando's recently experienced and just kind of take that and say, you know, are you really sure about your own belief system? Because when Mando takes off the, uh, his, you know, the Mandalorian, the best car and puts on that stormtrooper or that, that trooper, um, suit. And it's like Mayfield makes a really good point. He says, you know, people go, you know, people have things they believe in, but then, you know, when shit really goes down, (laughs) You know, when we have to survive, you know, we start really start throwing things out the windows, basically Mm -hmm. what he says. And he's like, look at you, you know, he said, you know, you said you can't take your is it he he basically questions it. Is it that you can't take the Mandalorian helmet off or is it that no one can see your face? Which one is it? Because those are Mm -hmm. two different things. Mm -hmm. And it was like, Mm -hmm. oh, he's right. You know, those Mm -hmm. are two different Mm -hmm. things. It's like, Mm -hmm. what's the rule? You Mm -hmm. know, Um And Mando is just, you know, quiet through a lot of that. And, but he does make the point, you know, me and you are nothing alike and blah, blah, blah. blah. You know, Mayfeld is not having it. And I I thought that the question of identity and, you know, belief systems between, you know, mostly thrown out by Mayfeld, also Cara Dune questions Mayfeld, you know, are you still an Imperial basically? You know, Mm -hmm. what do you believe, you know, all these things happening, I thought was just really well handled. And then when you throw into that, like you said, this idea of colonization um and we see you know the empires there you know occupying this planet occupying you know taking these resources and they you know as they you know mando and mayfell roll by and see you know the villagers you know on the side of the road the impoverished people and they mm-hmm. the little boys just looking at him um and he's you know mando is a foundling you know what i'm saying so he's he's probably experienced some rough you know wh- whatever was going on on that planet before those droids showed up and killed his entire family I don't know where, how he was living, but he knows pain, mm, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah. He looked into that little boy's face. He might've saw a little bit of himself in there and he's like, damn, this little boy is looking at me like I'm the colonizer. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. then when the quote unquote pirates show up, the Mando calls them pirates. He thinks they're pirates, but then we see they're blowing up the Rhydonium. They're not trying to take it. They're blowing it up. Yeah. So it's like, oh, wait a minute. These cats may be freedom fighters. You know, they may be, you know, "Quote unquote terrorists, the the rebels, you know, the revolutionaries, who are trying to get these colonizers off of their planet. So they're going to blow up, you know, these. They're going to risk their lives and blow up this. But then we see Mando take a lot of them out. You know, I am saying he's he's fighting them because." In reality, man, if he had time and said, "Listen, whoa, 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 I'm not one of them. I'm just doing this. I got to get my son back." You yeah, know what I'm saying if he could tell yeah. them the whole let me, story, let me, let me run this down. So let me run the first fourteen chapters. You know, what I'm saying of this this whole thing down to you. Um, that way, you know, you don't you don't have to do what you're doing, yeah. and I don't have to fight you. But of course, there's no time for that. So he's fighting these guys. He's killing these people, and mm-hmm. I'm watching and thinking, "Damn, I'm kind of I'm on their side. I'm on Mando's side, but I'm on their side." Mm-hmm. You know, and then. At the moment when it seems like, you know, Mando's about to get, and it also really, really quickly, it was really cool, the fight scene, because um, you could see on top of that tanker, you could see Mando's used to fighting with his armor, you know, <laughs> Right, car. yeah, you see so his, he, you see his takes, real, he, you know, like, right, he ain't he takes, that strong. <laughs> right, he takes, he, he does some movements that's like, oh, wait a minute, I don't have Beskar on anymore, I've got this cheap ass, you know, Stormtrooper shit mm-hmm, on. Mm-hmm. And so he has to adapt, and you can see this cat really knows how to fight, you know, yeah. he really knows how to handle them, so. Um, so anyway... The moment when those Tie Fighters show up and rescue Mando and Mayfeld, it was like it was a real kind of like mind f. You know what I'm saying? It, it was bizarre. Like, it was a bizarre. It was bizarre because man, yeah, Ludwig Ludwig's score is is beautiful. It just ramps up. Mayfeld lets out a woo. You know he's like what? You know what I'm saying? He, <laughs> classic Star uh-huh. Wars because you know, he's Solo, right. It's like he's back. He's back in his. <laughs> it's like we got saved, you in know. In Imperial so it was, days, like it was the same as when Lando does it. You know, what I'm saying in Return of the Jedi, when it was that woo, and it was like you're feeling elated because it's like you're the yeah. heroes just got saved. But yeah. hold up, the Empire just saved them. These are tie fighters, right? It's a very inverted killing, story. They're killing indigenous people. Yeah. You know, what I'm saying so. It's like what the fuck? You know, what I'm saying it's like this is a crazy moment. and I thought it was just it was a really it was really well handled, and then it gets escalated a few moments later with. Mando, uh, Mayfeld, and Valen Hess sitting at that right. table having a conversation, right. and Mayfeld brings up Operation Cinder, which, by the way, really quickly Operation Cinder, from what I gathered, was a um, one of the operations that uh, Palpatine set up. You know. Palpatine, the most egotistical motherfucker on the planet or on the, in the galaxy. If something happens to me, this is all I want y'all to do to avenge me, just start mm. killing everybody. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, so mm-hmm. they just were like blowing up towns and cities and just burning down planets, you know, whatever. Um, that was a, that was what Mayfield was talking about, you know, thousands of people died. So that tense moment, you know, again, kind of this, you know, reversal and just like really making you look at things is so different than what we just experienced a minute ago all of these things, Mando sitting there, like you said, his helmet is off. He clearly looks like just he's, he's, he might as well be butt naked. You know what I'm saying? It's like, this is someone who's had a helmet on since they were a small child. Mm-hmm. So it's like, he mm-hmm. just doesn't know how to act without his helmet, his facial expressions. He might've done more of this face than he should have. Cause he's not realizing, Oh, people can actually see what I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? So it's like all these things happening all at once. Um The fact that he was willing to do that to save the child, you know, he's, he just, you know, broke his creed. Um, to save the child, it was just so powerful, man. And it was like all these things happening. Um, the seismic bomb, let's mention that from, uh, the slave one, people were, you know, losing yes. their mind over, uh-huh. you know, uh, the, the Fett laying out the seismic bomb. So this, this episode, I gave this, uh, four stars plus dude, this was the way plus I gave this the okay. way and okay. I put a plus next to it. Um, Rick Famayua is the man. I, I really think. He's not I think he's directing he's directing a movie called The Blood Um Children of Blood and Bone, I think is the name of it. It's a it's a Lucas it's a Lucasfilm movie. Um it's not Star Wars related, but it's a Lucasfilm movie. He's directing that. I hope that he's going to continue directing episodes of the Mandalorian and these other shows. And, you know, I'm not you know, I'm not one of these people that's like, yeah, let's give him a movie because I don't put mm-hmm. faith as much faith in the Star Wars movies as I do in the in the upcoming um, TV series. Um, but he's just he clearly is like he's he's a star. You know, he is a star among them. Um, so I really look forward to seeing what he's going to do. But he killed this episode, man. He wrote and directed, and he killed it, and I loved it. Um, so yeah, the way plus for me. All right, all right, season finale, season finale. Um, it's all led to this mm. Um chapter 16, the rescue Den Jarn and his allies overtake an Imperial shuttle and kidna- kidnap Dr. Pershing. The group then travels to an unnamed planet to enlist the help of Bo Katan and Cosca Reeves. Bo agrees to help rescue the child. If Den helps her retrieve the dark saber from Gideon, they devise a plan and attack Gideon's cruiser. While the others carry out a direct assault, Den covertly makes his way to, to where Grogu is being held. Moff Gideon activates the dark troopers. Den manages to seal them off in an airlock, but not before one break, breaks free and attacks ooh, excuse me one breaks free and attacks him while the remainder of the dark troopers begin pounding their way out of their cage after surviving a terminator like brutal assault from the dark trooper. Den destroys the trooper using his best car spear. He then ejects the full battalion of troopers from the airlock and into space. Din, find, Din finds Grogu in a cell with Gideon, who is brandishing the Darksaber above the child. Din and, Gadi- and Gideon battle Beskar spear versus Darksaber, and Mando wins, but allows Gideon to live. When Din finds Bo and the others on the ship's bridge, Bo is visibly unnerved when she realizes Din defeated Gideon and is now the rightful owner of the Darksaber and, by tradition, the rightful ruler of Mandalore. Den offers to yield and tries to give the saber to Bo, who won't accept it without winning it in battle. The dark troopers return to the ship. Den and his allies prepare to make a last stand. An alarm sounds and a lone X-Wing docks. All yeah. A Jedi can be seen on the monitors mowing down troopers. Gideon attempts to kill Bo with a concealed blaster, then tries to kill Grogu. Den leaps in front of the child and saves him. The Jedi makes his way to the bridge, destroying dark troopers with a green lightsaber and the force. After the last of the troopers is defeated, Luke Skywalker enters the bridge and tells Den that he has come for the child. It is apparent that this is the Jedi who heard Grogu's call from Tython. Den encourages Grogu to go with Luke, and the child and Den share a quiet moment. Den removes his helmet so that Grogu may look upon his actual face, and the child reaches out to touch it. R2-D2 appears and helps coax coax Grogu into coming along. The final scene is of Luke, R2, and Grogu entering the lift and departing. A post-credit sequence features Fennec Shan and Boba Fett sacking the palace of former crime lord Jabba the Hutt. After killing everyone present except for the Twi'lek slave whom Fennec frees, Boba takes the throne. A title card reveals that The Book of Boba Fett is coming in December 2021. Arthur Turnbull, did you see any of this shit coming? What's up? Was this crazy? Come on, Arthur. Talk- <laughs> <laughs> <Eww>. <laughs> <laughs> all right, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> they dropped the a bomb on you, dog. <laughs>
0: it just all went, it just all just came crashing down. Um, Meaning I did not like this episode. I did not like this episode. Mm. I did not like this episode.
1: So. I'm looking forward to this. Go ahead. Let it out. Let it out, man. F- let your feelings go. <laughs> let your feelings go. It's all right. Come on. Talk to me. I thought we were done with Skywalkers. Mm. You've got Skywalker fatigue. Okay.
0: I thought we were done with Skywalkers. I had mm-hmm. hoped that we had ne- would not have to he- see a Skywalker. Now, mm-hmm. let me let me let me address the real
1: elephant in the room, which is I think you already have, but go ahead.
0: This is, <laughs> you know, this is this is 5 years after the Battle of Endor. The the the, the, the true fall of the Empire. The Emperor is is is
1: dead, presumably. Dead. Right. The true, the, actually, the true fall would be the Battle of Jakku. But I, I feel what you are saying. Go yeah. ahead.
0: Yeah. You know, um, Vader is dead. New Republic, the rebels won. They become. So so, who who is like the last Jedi? Right, like who would show up, cut through twenty thirty dark troopers, like cut through them like butter, Luke. and. Who would hear him? Who would all that? It would have to be Luke. Okay. Mm-hmm. However, we did that at the abandonment of everything that we had built up for in the last fifteen seasons. In this episode,
1: fifteen episodes.
0: Think, yeah. I, I, I'm a little irritated. <laughs> we okay, know. We know nothing about Gideon.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Nothing about how he seemingly knows all. Knew that. Knew that. Uh, uh Din Jardin was 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 coming for the child. Knew that. Knew that. Uh, Cara Finnick, uh, Bo and Homegirl were coming to the bridge looking for them. Knew that. Knew that. Uh, uh Din uh didn't have any ammo left or had like one whistler left he like he knew all this stuff like like he was using the force it's like how does he know all right. this stuff we right. we don't know right we don't know he's, we still he's don't know why he
1: watching the monitors we still don't
0: know <laughs> why why gideon wanted grogu in the first place we still don't know where did dr persian go is he still waiting on the ship Pershing. Mm-hmm. All we see of Doctor Pershing is that he's the one in the in the opening of the episode. It's that Pershing is on the shuttle with Din and uh, and Kara. Um, uh, you know, you know. What I'm saying it's like he never comes back. We don't know mm-hmm. anything about his involvement in all of this besides this message that he left for Gideon in a hologram two three episodes prior. Mm-hmm. Um, we. We just we just
1: don't know anything. Uh, uh,
0: What the fuck is R2-D2 doing on the ship? Why do we need him?
1: We do know that we do know that he wanted Grogu's blood. We don't know why he wants his blood. We have we can theorize, but we do know he wants it. And according to Gideon, he has his blood. You know, if we're if Gideon is telling the truth, he said, I've got his blood. So where it is, if it's stored on the ship or he sent an envoy off with it, I don't know envoy off of it. I don't know, but okay. I'm sorry. I interrupted. So you, to you, this, it made story sense, but it didn't it, Luke showing up, made story sense to you, but it still didn't pay off on what you had seen building for the last 15 chapters. That's what you're saying.
0: It, th- yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, there's, there's, it, it had, it had some good moments, the the um The goodbye between grogu and Jen was just I mean that was just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, the buildup seen only through monitors of Luke coming to see grogu put his hand on the screen because he's connecting mm-hmm. with this Jedi. Right. that was really, really good storytelling. Um, this was another episode where parts of it felt like okay you all run down this hall okay you run down over here okay you run toward me okay you run away from me you know it seemed very rote mm-hmm. um the fight between din and um, um um and the um the battle trooper um dark trooper yeah thank you thank you the dark trooper that that was great mm-hmm. um the the you know the vacuuming of how the rest of them you know got got sucked out of the hole you know that was smart it was a mix between really good and really what the hell you know um, I think that what I was what I was hoping for even 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 when I knew when once I saw the X wing I, I I knew we had a problem right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but somehow but somehow I was trying to hang on, thinking that, okay, well maybe, you know, Ahsoka had a change of heart and between jumped in an X Wing. Jumped in an X Wing somehow. I mean she had to get to to Corvus in the first place. How'd she get there? You know? Mm. Um you know, maybe, maybe it was <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe it's Ezra. Maybe oh. Ezra is gonna show up. And then that would link up with Ahsoka asking homegirl, where's, you know, where's Grand Admiral Thrawn? Because the last Mm -hmm. that we saw Ezra, you know, he sacrificed himself on Thrawn's, you know, cruiser to save, you know, the galaxy and all that. It's just, it's just, it's just, we can't seem to get away from the nucleus of the Skywalker family in the galaxy is so much more, so much more bigger Mm -hmm. than Alderaan Tatooine, you know, and Coruscant. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm guessing this is not the way for you. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying it. This this episode is not the way. This is not the way. (laughs) What is this episode? Where did you rank this at? One star. Ooh. So this ain't the damn way. At all. Mm hmm. Wow. At all. It just it you
0: know it just feels like it it just feels like you know I I know the handcuffs don't apparently don't exist but these these are binders, right? It just mm-hmm. feels like this show is being forcibly bound to Skywalker.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I you know what? Cuz I'm going to get into my clearinghouse theory. Why don't okay. why don't you
1: okay. why don't you elaborate on what you So this episode was directed by Peyton Reed who did the, uh, chapter who did the second episode in the season, the, um, the passenger, um, and written by, uh, Favreau, John, Favreau. Right? John Favreau. I was actually surprised that Favreau didn't direct this episode himself.
0: I was, um, or oh, I yeah. would have loved
1: to, I would have loved to see what Rick would have done with this episode or mm. Deborah child. Deborah's mm-hmm, busy with mm-hmm. the whole, you know, um, uh, Obi-Wan stuff, but I would love to see what she would done. And not, no disrespect to Peyton, but I think, I would have, I would have probably, I think maybe Rick or Deborah maybe add a little bit more oomph to this, I think. Um, uh, <laughs> so, okay. So let me just start at the beginning and I'll, then I'll get to how I rated this episode. Um, one thing I loved at the beginning of this episode was, um, a Boba Fett moment, which by the way, mm-hmm. there was a clone, a strong clone Wars reference in, uh, the, the believer in the previous chapter when they're trying to decide who's going to go, you know, with Mayfeld to, uh, to, uh, to infiltrate this, uh, refinery, this Imperial refinery. Oh yeah. 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 And everybody's like, you know, everybody has their reasons why they can't go. And when it gets to Boba Fett, he's like, let's just say they will recognize my face. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that was such a great line. Yeah. Cause yeah, his face is the face of thousands of clones, yeah. you know, um, of Rex and everybody else, you yeah. know? So it was like, yeah, they will recognize his face. And so I loved in this episode at the beginning, when he's him and when him and uh, Den step into that cantina, mm-hmm. um, the, mm-hmm. the scene of them stepping in that cantina was a really good scene, just the, the visual of them standing next to get you know, next to uh, side by side. And then when he steps to Bo Katan and Bo Katan hears man, uh, uh, Boba Fett's Boba's voice.
0: voice, yeah,
1: I'm guessing I thought that she would recognize him because Boba Fett, you know, was known throughout the galaxy, I guess, as like this bounty hunter, but it almost feels like she didn't recognize him she recognized his voice and she knows what a clone sounds like.
0: Right. But she recognized him too, because she had that not, not, not all Mandalorians are both yeah, bounty hunters.
1: I I, I wonder that too. But then I'm also, was that more directed at Mando? Cause Mando's a bounty hunter, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I, it could be both, but when she heard his voice her if you go mm-hmm. back and watch the episode, when she hears Boba Fett's voice, her, her expression changes ever. So yeah, slightly. Yes, you're
0: absolutely right. Because she actually yeah. throws him a lot of shade for for being that's a what I'm getting
1: to. That's what I'm getting to. When she says, when he says, you know, this armor was my father's and she says, don't you mean you're a donor? I was mm, like, Oh mm-hmm, shit. Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm, was like, mm-hmm, that was messed up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It was like somebody, we about to fight. Somebody's going to fight, mm-hmm. you know? And of course him and uh, a Reeves get down. Um, so I love that. I love that. I also loved Mando in stealth mode. You know, when, when they are planning this attack and Mando says, you know, cause Bo-Katan is laying it out. You know, and Bo-Katan, by the way, is still on her own thing because yeah. she doesn't agree to go go with him right. until, you know, he mentions Gideon's name mm-hmm. and uh, he knows where Gideon is. And she's mm-hmm. like, oh, you know where Gideon is. I can get the Darksaber back. She's not like, oh, I, I can. We need to get that child back. She's like, yeah. no, I need to get the Darksaber. Yeah. So I'm telling you, bo is shady. I'm telling mm-hmm. you, watch, mm-hmm. watch him. She's shady. Um, watch her. Watch her. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I, I like, though, when Mando is. She's laying out the plan. And Mando says. She's like, you know, we're going to do this, and we're doing this. And Mando says, "I go alone." You know, mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, uh, that's my dog right there, Denjar." He goes alone, and, and then when he's doing his stealth thing, it reinforces this idea to me that a strong influence on his character is Batman and Daredevil. You know, he Mandalorian is not a Jedi. He's not, you know, a part of the New Republic. He's not, you know, just like with with Batman, especially with Daredevil, Mm -hmm. they're not Thor. They're not, you know, Iron Man. They're not involved in these big galactic, you know, uh, things, even though Batman has been through Justice League. He's been involved in a lot of things he probably shouldn't have been involved with, you know, out in outer space doing shit, whatever. Really, Batman is about Gotham. Daredevil is about Hell's Kitchen. Mm -hmm. They are solo stealth, you know ninja samurais you know what i'm saying it's like mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm, that's who they are mm-hmm. and then i really like that about his character and i think there's an influence of those two characters on him where he's kind of like he's not involved with all these things they're going he's like look my only priority is the child that's yeah. my priority yeah, yeah dark saber lightsaber yeah. gray saber whatever the fuck you want to go get you know what i'm mm-hmm, saying that's mm-hmm, on you mm-hmm, you can have it i don't mm-hmm, want it mm-hmm. my only priority is the child i'm not trying to rule a planet i'm not trying to solve all the new republic issues whatever i want my child and that, that just, you know, he's, he's daredevil, you know what I'm saying? He's just that dude. So anyway, I, I like that. I did like, I, in contrast to you, I like the ladies strike team moments when they were going through the halls and, you know, Finnick and uh, Cara Dune and the two Mandalorians mm-hmm. were laying waste. I also like that. There wasn't a lot of times when people, I, I find that when men praise, moments in pop culture when women are doing things and it's not called out that it's a woman thing. Yeah. I hear men praising that, but it's almost like they're saying, Yeah, I don't want that praise because then it makes me feel inferior or it makes me feel guilty or it makes me feel, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's almost mm-hmm. like I don't want it called out. The reason I like this, the reason I'm calling this out, is because in that moment it felt like those four women doing what they're doing mm-hmm. in that galaxy Far, far away. It's not an unusual thing. Yeah, it was not an unusual event, and right. that's why I liked it because it was like that galaxy is not does not have the um, the patriarchy, you know, right. that we have. And There's you
0: felt not, that patriarchy not, every time Leia picked up a blaster.
1: Right, you felt it in our pop culture because we talked about it and it was like, Oh, she's a badass female and these things. Mm-hmm. Well, that's because we're reacting to the patriarchy that we are, you know, that this culture is imbued mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. Whereas there it's like, yeah, late, you know, Leia was like, Listen, I'm you know, she's taking over her own rescue. You know, it's like I got this, you know, kid, move move aside. That wasn't unusual, you know what I'm saying, right in, in that galaxy. And that's why I, I like this scene because it was like, Yeah, these four women doing what they're doing, that's that's you know, that's how they roll in that galaxy. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I love that. I love the Terminator moment between, uh, you know, the mm-hmm. dark trooper and Mando that was straight out of the Terminator. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really, and when he started punching him in the face, I was like, I was fearing like, Oh guys, is his, his helmet about to crack open? How strong is the best car? You know, yeah. um, uh, I like the fight. I like the conversation between Mando and, 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 uh, uh, Gideon and I like their fight. Um, so for me, here's what I stand on the Luke's Luke Skywalker thing, man. it made. Perfect fans, uh, or it made perfect story sense that he was the one. You yes. know, I agree with you. Yes. It would have made if if Ezra shows up or Cal Kestis or whoever. Yeah, you know, what I'm saying it would have been even if Ahsoka. If Ahsoka showed up, I think that would have been a little bit cause they would have been like, okay, I thought you didn't want to train them, you know, but you heard his call and now you, you know, whatever mm-hmm. that had made a little bit of story sense. Mm-hmm. This made the most perfect story sense. Cause obviously Luke is basically, you know, Ahsoka's not a Jedi, right. Luca is the last Jedi around at this moment. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? He's the, he's the only one, you know, this that's, you know, later on we find out of course that he tries to reestablish the Jedi order, you know, by mm-hmm. starting his own school. Mm-hmm. Um, but at that moment, you know, uh, five or six years after Jack- the battle of Jakku, uh, even longer since indoor he's, he's the only one. And so it made sense that that's who, right. if Grogu was going to reach out to somebody, that's who would hear that call. Right. Um, so when he showed up, man, I got to tell you first, it was funny when I first saw the X wing, mm-hmm. I thought it was the first of many. And I was like, Oh, the new Republic has shown up, you know, what I'm saying yeah. somehow they found mm-hmm. out about it. And now mm-hmm. there's going to, this is going to be, we're going to see like, you know, a hundred new Republic uh, pilots show up or whatever. Um, that's what I thought. For, for, But then when I realized, oh, wait a minute, and like a half second later, rope. I'm like, this is one guy. <laughs> I'm like, there's only one person that rolls around in X-Wing by themselves. And you then you saying? see like a green that. lightsaber. And when that green lightsaber, on, I got to tell you, man, on that glove hand. Like, yeah. Skywalker, whatever. I, I feel you on everything you're saying, Arthur, but I don't give f- like, up. <laughs> <"Yes." laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes. I was like, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I was 10 years old again, dog. I was like, here we go. The Jedi master. This is, you know, listen, in return of the Jedi, we saw Luke as a, you know, as a, as a Jedi knight, you know, right. whatever. Right. And, but he still has some stuff to learn and then he throws his lightsaber away after he defeats, you know, Vader and, you know, he surrenders basically. Cause he, you know, he shows the emperor that he's wrong. Um, And then, you know, again, if you don't follow the books or the comics or whatever, you really don't get a lot. You know, you don't know what happens to Luke after that. So for millions of people, this is their first glimpse of Luke after Return of the Jedi. Mm -hmm. We see him in, obviously, we see him in the sequel trilogy. But obviously, not to get into all that, but a lot of people were, were, you know, felt like they, that story didn't match to what they had in their minds, what they wanted to see. Right. Also, a lot of time has passed. You know, he's an old man, you Mm -hmm. know, by then. Mm -hmm. Now, this is still, he's still a young man now. It's a, mm-hmm. so to see him show up dressed all in black yes. that's right black is not the color of Sith yeah. dark does not always mean evil thank you western culture mm-hmm. um, so to see him all in black like he should be
0: I'm with you um, I am
1: heroes heroes wear black damn it um, and then the green lightsaber lights up and he's mo dude he mowed through those motherfucking stormtroopers or mm-hmm. dark troopers the last one when he just crushed them with the force I was like oh my god mm-hmm. I'm like, this is crazy. And so to me, it was like, yes, I did feel, wait a minute. Why don't I look at this the same way as I looked at Boba Fett, you know, a couple episodes ago mm-hmm, when they did mm-hmm. this with Boba, I didn't mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. Is it because I like Luke or what mm-hmm. is It's because this made sense with the story. You know what I'm saying? It was like this all made sense. And I do, I agree with
0: telling. you. I, I agree that, you know, the guy who shows up is the guy, like the guy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Top tier.
1: if if he would have taken off that hood, and it'd been Ezra. I might have turned it off because like, what the hell? Nobody knows who this dude is. You know. I just feel Not everybody like everybody watches Rebels. I just,
0: <laughs> I just, I just, I just feel like, I just feel like Grogu. Now
1: he's he's bound to the Star Wars narrative. Yes, and see, this is why. But hold on, this is why I'm this is why I'm saying I'm this is where I kind of agree with you. Okay because I said a few episodes ago, um, in the, um, the Jedi episode, that was the moment where they could have gone in a different direction. Yeah. You know what I'm saying when, when, when Ahsoka is communicating with the baby with, uh, with Grogu and he's telling her or at least opening himself up so she can like look into his past a little bit. Yeah. That was the moment they could have been like, okay, I've never seen anything like him. Cause he didn't, he, you know, he's very strong in the force. Somebody trained him, gave him some training, it wasn't a jedi if they would have done that then that would have opened up a brand new you know world of storytelling for star wars yeah, and but they and, chose not to
0: and and the thing is you know I, I, again luke skywalker last jedi the you know quote unquote guy right mm-hmm. but in reality ahsoka is in this in this mandalorian narrative and mm-hmm. she she left the jedi order but mm-hmm. she didn't leave the that way you know right. ahsoka's no. dangerous man because she was tra- she ahsoka was trained by luke's father luke right. wasn't trained by his but you know what i'm saying like she is right. she's dangerous
1: ahsoka is literally in my in my sense she's more jedi than any of the jedi you
0: thank you she's-
1: and both, and not just her her, her fighting ability, but in her the, her viewpoints, her her ideology, she's she's pure. She's more pure than any of the Jedi. And um, she
0: she's she's connected to the Star Wars to the Skywalker narrative. She's connected mm-hmm. to the the Ezra Bridger narrative. She's connected to the young Obi Wan Clone Wars narrative. Rex. I mean, she's she is the centerpiece of all mm-hmm. of these different narratives, and mm-hmm. it does again, yes makes sense for the story and makes sense for the idea of a season finale and climactic moment to have luke himself come you know and get grogu um but it's just it's just it's just flat To me, and I and I and I and I I do think I do think that some of it has to do with the de aging that they needed to use the de aging technology that they needed to do. So you Mm -hmm. can't get human nuance and 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 narrative from facial expressions. You know, Mm -hmm. if we really did have a twenty something Mark Hamill come and get Grogu, it might have been a much more powerful. You know, Mm. scene. Oh, that's
1: interesting. Okay, right. I mean, I don't think I don't I don't even think it was de aging. I think it was deep fake because I don't I don't think they de aged him. I think they deep fake, but that, you know, for me, that didn't take me. I know a lot of people online were talking about how, you know, oh, it took me out of it. You know, the technology isn't there yet and blah, blah, blah. It didn't really take me because especially it really depends upon what screen you're looking at this on. I, the first time I watched it was on my, my phone. Yeah. So that small of a screen, it really didn't make a difference because, you know, it looked for me, he looked real. Right. When I watched it on the, you know, my actual television. Yeah. I could see more of the, you know, the technological, the technological challenges and the problems that you know, you have with that technology still, but it didn't really take me out of it. Um, I think I would have had more of a problem had, you know, like people were saying, you know, let's get uh, Sebastian Stan, you know, uh, the right. 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 Let's right. get him to play that role. Right. Let's get some unknown. I, that would have taken me out of it. Cause when he takes the hood off and it's been like, that's not Luke Skywalker. Right. You know saying? It's like, I would have been, yeah that's Bucky. I'd have been able to tell, but yeah I, I, I think that I, I feel what you're saying. Oh, you got okay. I'm sorry. Go yeah, yeah, but
0: but but point. but to further that on, you know, mm-hmm. Luke Luke seemingly has no interest in Gideon. Nuke seemingly has no interest of the <laughs> remainder <laughs> of this of this, uh, not just the remainder of the Empire, but this this light cruiser with all this infrastructure. He's got no interest in any of it. He's got no interest in the twenty some odd death troopers that he just cut through <laughs> right. to get Grogu.
1: Right, right. I wanted to bring that up too because. I think, and again, I hate to keep saying this, but I, I think some of this is touched on in the books following um, Return of the Jedi mm-hmm. that are canon, not the not the legend stuff, but the canon stuff. And I think even the legend stuff, I think gets really deep into it. And again, like I said, they're they're cherry picking which parts of the legends they're including in canon now. Yeah, and I think in some of the legend stuff, it gets to it that he, you know Luke has become a pacifist almost, like he's really just interested in. Furthering the Jedi way. And he's mm-hmm. leaving, not I'm not gonna fight a rebellion anymore. I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not done with I'm not doing no new republic stuff. Mm-hmm. And this seemed like that because it's like, yeah, this cat fought a revolution, you know what I'm saying, to right. get rid of the empire. Right. Now you roll up on the outer rim and there's like a light cruiser, there's hella dark troopers, there's a moth, you know what I'm saying, there's stormtroopers. Don't you think this at least deserves a question like, hey. What's going on? So I can at least call my sister. who Thank is still you. In the government,
0: Thank you. Thank you. Tell
1: her what's up. I, I'm going to go take the child and go off someplace else because I'm not. I'm a, yeah, I'm
0: going to go do my thing. But, but least, let me just let me just force email really Leah and, and let her, her know her that, you know, she need to come deal with this.
1: <laughs> right. Because there's something wild. going. But you're right. He doesn't he doesn't even look at anybody else except for Din. He doesn't survey the room <laughs> you assume that he's a jedi so he's aware of what's going on around him <laughs> right. but he doesn't he doesn't address anybody he every piece of his conversation is strictly about the child directly direct, and then or, or directed um right at den then it was also funny though that den didn't even ask dude's name he's just like yo are, are you, you a jedi, jedi? okay cool know what's your name, where are you going to be so I can find the child if I need to. (laughs) None of that stuff. But I, you know what, man, I make allowances for all of that because I, for one thing, like I said, him showing up and just, you know, the green lightsaber and just it was just exactly The
0: the reveal was great. The reveal was was great. And and it's funny, man, because I was watching I was watching and in real time I was like this is so wonderful. And then this is so terrible. This is so <laughs> I don't know how to feel about this.
1: And you know what usually happens in those moments? I think, cause you, you've only, you've watched this like within the last 12 hours, I think it was when you actually first saw this. So yeah. um, I think that what happens, I'm not saying you're going to grow to like it, but I do think that this is one of those things that you have to sit with it for a while and just come back to it and then maybe come back to it again. Um, but I, I, you know, you may still feel the same way. You know, who knows? But for me, the payoff, though, man, and that's this what I really, 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 really love about this episode is that Luke Skywalker showed up this episode, and it did not overshadow Din Djarin. And I say that because of everything that happened previously before Luke showed up. But then mm-hmm. also, the last thing we really get out of this episode is that moment between. Uh, Grogu and Din mm-hmm. And I knew it was coming, Arthur. I knew it was coming. I could feel it coming. I said, watch, he's going to take off the mask. Mm-hmm. They're going to say goodbye. Still fucked me up, dude. Mm-hmm. Still fucking. And when it happened, mm-hmm. I was just like, mm-hmm. oh, because this, this story is the story of a father and a son. You know what I'm saying? That's what this story is. And I don't know John Favreau's relationship with his father. I've been researching it. I don't know what, you know, but I, it'll be It'd be really okay. hard for me to believe that he is not writing this with his father in mind. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe his son or his daughter. You know what I'm saying? His own son and daughter. Maybe he's writing it because. Right. But this story is the story of a father and a child. And that last scene, you know I'm saying? When Grogu clearly, even though Grogu sensed Luke, even though he knows he called out for Luke he still does not want to leave Din Djarin mm-hmm. and Luke tells Din Djarin, he's waiting for your permission.
0: Mm, yeah. That was a great line. Okay. Okay. Here, Dendron here, I'm going gonna... to
1: up, picks him up. <laughs> he picks him up. They have the moment and you know, the mat, the, the helmet comes off. He touches his cheek. I'm just like, I'm emotionally, I'm all fucked up at this point. <laughs> and then he puts, he puts, he puts, he puts, uh, uh, Grogu down and tells him, "Okay, buddy, it's time for you to go." You know, I promise I'll see you again. I promise I'll see you mm-hmm, again. Mm-hmm. Ugh, it's like, and he's, he's you know, it his, like he's hugging his leg, know, <laughs> dude. It's like it's like when uh Ryan Coogler and Black Panther, and I'm like, "Damn, Ryan, why are you trying to fuck us up like this?" It's like you uh-huh. know the the father son stuff. You know how that gets us. You know, it's like you yeah. know why are you doing this, right? And mm-hmm. I felt the same way about John Fav. Was like, you really trying to go for the heart, dude? And so he's still hugging his leg, and that was like you know he still was not wanting to let go of Din Djarin and so I'll tell you why R2 showed up I have a theory on this not only because it was you know yeah please tell me it's always great to see R2 I don't care what you say bro I'll I'll take R2 anytime but it was great to see R2 he rolls around that was the moment when uh Grogu looks at R2 that's the only reason Grogu kind of it kind of like it was that last little straw that kind of Help Grogu let go of Den's leg and kind of get him to come over to you know to 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 Luke. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because one, because he's a kid, and you know R two is like you know he's he fascinates all children. Also, I have a theory that he recognized R two because remember R two was at the Jedi Temple.
0: Uh R two was
1: around during that time period. There's a strong possibility that Grogu recognized him. He don't recognize Luke. You know, so even though he mm-hmm. called out to him, mm-hmm. he's 50 years old. You know, mm-hmm. he was, he was around way before Luke. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, uh, there's a strong, there's a strong possibility he recognizes R2. Mm. Um, and that's what finally made it. I'm mm. you know, okay. Like okay. back. Okay. Okay. It's okay. I'm okay. going to go with these people. Okay. Um, so I say all that to say though, I gave this, I rated this the way I gave this four stars. Oh, I gave this the way. Um, and we have this, I say we're on opposite ends of the spectrum with this and I, you know, for me, this, again, the previous episode, um, the believer is, was better than this episode. That's why I gave it the way. Plus because it was a much quieter episode than this. This was the grand epic episode. You know what I'm saying? This was the biggest episode of the series so far, but the way in, in terms of, and I I say that meaning in terms of narrative, not, not necessarily in scope. I think chapter nine, I think was, you know, in terms of like visuals was the biggest one. When you go up against Mm -hmm. the dragon, it's hard to beat that. Um, but this one, you know, was bigger, much bigger in narrative scope than, you know, uh, chapter 15. But chapter 15 just hit those all those you know things that I think the Mandalorian as a series can do is doing so, so well and can, you know, it's done is doing things that Star Wars to me has never done on, on the screen. And I think chapter 15 is the best of that. But chapter 16, I still gave it the way because listen, I didn't, you know, I didn't have the problems you had with Luke Skywalker showing up Mm -hmm. Um, and everything else in this episode felt really satisfying to me. And it also, let's not forget, it also set up a great season three. Den is now the rightful ruler of Mandalore. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And Mm -hmm. Bo-Katan is looking at him like, this is all I've wanted. You've taken this from me. You know, I can't, she accepted the Darksaber from Sabine. Remember she took it. She didn't fight her for it. She just accepted it for Right. I have a feeling that After that happened in Rebels, something went terribly wrong. Maybe the people didn't respect uh, uh, Bo-Katan because she Mm -hmm. hadn't won the Darksaber in battle. I don't Uh know. uh But clearly at this point, she's like, I'm not accepting it from anybody. You know, Den offers it to her and says, listen, just take it. I don't want it. I yield. You know, Mm -hmm. I got got the child. That's all I wanted. Mm -hmm. I'm Daredevil. Mm -hmm. I don't care about y'all's, you know, Mm -hmm. galactic battles and stuff. You know, Mm y'all do the Superman Thor stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm doing Daredevil stuff. She didn't take it. Um, And I think that's setting up a great season three, if presumably we're staying with Den season two, season three. All right. Listen, really quickly, we got to wrap this up. Um, We got to move quickly. I mean, what did you feel about the the post credits? What did you feel about the post credits with Boba Fett? Um, I actually liked it.
0: I liked it because because he really did. He really did feel I remember when he told Den about him being, you know, left for dead. Like, I know what it's like to be left for dead. Mm-hmm. He was referring to the
1: huts. He wasn't referring to the empire.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, um, he wasn't referring specifically to the Starlight pit. You think he was just you, oh, okay after the Sarlacc Star- pits? Is what you're saying? Yeah, after the Sarlacc pits. Okay. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, um, the, you know, him having issues, Boba Fett having issues with the Empire, notwithstanding. Because I mean, he was mm-hmm. he was putting it on the stormtroopers. Um, like you know, like you know, y'all left me <laughs> in the Sarlacc pit. Um, But he really had the issue of abandonment with the huts, and Mm -hmm. him coming back, seeing the opportunity to go back to, you know, his his old job, basically. Mm -hmm. And regardless of him having um, a code that he negotiated with Mando's agenda. He, you know, he he. dude's a a bounty hunter like dude is about his thing and getting money you know and so it was easy pickings for him to go back to Tatooine a -hmm. place that he knows and set up shop in the place of Mm -hmm. Mm Jabba so and I like that Finnick is with him and um, I I think that that would be a good a good spinoff show Um, Mm -hmm. because I was worried that not only I was was I worried that Boba Fett would overshadow Jin um, yeah. and see Dinge. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you <laughs> I, I, I love Rogue One. So. <laughs> <laughs> <Me too. laughs> I was concerned about what was going to happen with season three. If Boba's back and Boba is that kind of character that you're not just going to have a one on one off episode or a couple episodes and he's done, Mm. is it going to be the Mando and the Fett? What's it going to, you know, what's season three going to be like? So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good with that, but, but, and I'm truly, I know we got to get to this. Cause I, I I think we should roll the character arcs into, into what we want to see or what we're looking at for, yeah, yeah. you know, season so, three.
1: Yeah. So really quick, my thoughts on the the post credits, I'm, I'm pretty much with you out. You know, it was funny. I was, I didn't know they were coming, you know, Yeah. No. I was this. I was watching this Friday morning before everybody hit the internet, talking about you know saying make sure you watch post credits. I didn't know they were coming, so I was watching the episode, you know, in my you know shocked you know emotional state after witnessing all this, mm-hmm. and I was just watching the credits <laughs> and I was like, damn, they're not doing any uh any of the concept art like they usually do. So I was just watching the credits kind of in a daze, and then it cut to the post credits, and I was like, oh. You know so i just happened to just by just by luck you know come across this dude i was so and disgusted so- i turned it off <laughs> i didn't find <laughs> see, out until right before we were going to record <laughs> see i had a completely opposite experience um but that's what makes that's what makes madden real great we can have diametric opposition do um just like on snobs uh the music snobs so listen um for me, I, you know, I, I, again, I was not a big Boba Fett fan, you know, throughout the decades, but I like him, what he's done in this season. I like the, like I said, the pathos of Boba Fett, of old man Fett. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not, I'm kind of on the fence, though, you know, because I was like uh, him becoming a crime lord. I like him conflicted. I like him recognizing that he's among the wretched and. You know, not necessarily. that I need to see him go after some sort to- sort of the redemption, or you know, I don't want to necessarily see a redemption tale for Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. But I like the con the conf- the the confliction and the you know the I like all that tension. Whereas if if this is just him being a straight up bad guy, um no, nah, I'm not with that. I need to see a crime lord who's. You know, I need to see like uh, you know, the wire. You know, I don't need mm-hmm. to see like you know, <laughs> I don't need to see Boba well, Fett. You know, just straight being evil. You know, well, there's saying? some so possibilities here because I mean, and, and that's that's what I was about to say. I don't I don't want to prejudge it. Yeah. Um, because we don't know what's going to happen. Um, yeah. Th- so I, I, I'll just say this because I know we're gonna move on. The scene itself, I thought was really dope. You know, what I'm saying I love Fennec Shan I just I I love how she at the end she grabbed the spatchka and she just kind of like. She took a swig and just mm-hmm. kind of like leaned against the, I was like, mm-hmm. she, uh, Ming, Ming not win. she, she, she got that thing. As the old old cat said, um, but I, you know, so I, I really liked it, um, but we'll see what happens. So uh, listeners, you know, you've heard all our ratings um, for all of these, uh, these um, episodes and I, we'll post them on Twitter after the episode drops. And we encourage you guys to hit us on Twitter with your your ratings as well for each one of these episodes. Or if you just want to rate, you know, a few of them. you don't have to rate all of them. Maybe you just want to rate a couple of them or whatever. Um, feel free. So for the character arcs, moving on to the next to last section of this episode for the character arcs. I think what we should do, why don't we if, if there's any of these, you know, we don't we've got five of them. We don't need to do all five. If there's anyone you just want to call out um, someone whose character art arc that you enjoyed or that you wanted to comment on. Um, I think we should talk about that. So we got five, including six, if you want to include the child, like you mentioned, um, before we started taping. So we don't need to go through all six, but is there anybody on this list of six that you definitely, whose character arc you, you want to comment on that kind of hit you some kind of way? Um, yeah, uh, Moff Gideon.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that for me, aside from, from Din Djarin. I think that Moff Gideon's character was the most interesting and and has has the most potential depending on where Favreau uh, and presumably Filoni want to take the series. Um, Mm. Just as Ahsoka is the hub of several storylines, I think that Gideon is a big piece of the puzzle between the Clone 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 Wars – and rebel storylines, because of the Mandalorian connection and um, it's just it's just uh, unfortunate uh and I, I was just let down that we've gone we've gone two seasons, and we still don't know anything more about Gideon and mm-hmm. that he's just he's easy you know effectively like a catalyst for exposition um mm-hmm. in season one at the close of season one he starts he reveals the mandalorian's name he reveals uh um uh, 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 grief karga as being you know a disgraced you know magistrate he 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 mentions uh cara doom by name. in 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 the close of season two he explains why Bo Katan can't Take the take the dark saber. He explains. All, he's. It's like he explains all of this stuff. But Except we know. For <laughs> but we know nothing more about him or his true agenda. Is he is he working for Palpatine? Is he working to? Is he is he the seed or the foundation of the first order? Is we we don't know. And right. I would hope that not only would Gideon. Um, return um, especially Giancarlo Esposito specifically return Mm. for season three um, I would hope that we get into his backstory or at least his context in this what now looks like a setup between Bo-Katan and Din for the rulership of Mandalore you know, I, I don't know. Because see, in a lot of ways, it's almost like it, it, the story doesn't dead end when Luke picks up Grogu. But it seems that Grogu is now out of play. And mm-hmm. and, and I don't I don't I can't see where we continue with him unless you uh, tie him yeah. to Luke.
1: Yeah, I think you might see and we'll get into this on our, our special New Year's Day episode. But I think you might see. Gideon become more because presumably he's he's about he's under arrest by the New Republic if this time. Cara Dune is probably going to take him into custody right mm-hmm. and so I think you may see him be more of a central character in Rangers of the New Republic you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. a bad mm-hmm. guy who maybe he mm-hmm. escapes or something like that mm-hmm. and I think if you want to learn something about him more I think you'll do it there because one thing remember Kathleen Kennedy I think said um, Rangers of the New Republic Ahsoka Mandalorian um, take place obviously at the same time, and they're, they're going to ladder up into like a bigger moment, a big event, kind of mm-hmm. like I'm guessing. Like you know, Defenders became like a big event from um, the Netflix, you know, Marvel series. You know, mm-hmm. all those, all those franchises. UK, Daredevil, uh, right? So I think Iron so Fist. I, I think maybe Gideon becomes you know that ominous figure, and we learn out more about him. Because I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I want to know, like, okay, what is why? Because he says. Something he says I've never forgotten and then kind of like repeats it to him. But he said in that that uh, seventh episode of the first season when he's telling them, you know, you have something I want. Right. Um, he says it means more to me than you will ever know. Yeah. And that statement always struck me as like, OK, he's not working for somebody like he wants the it's the child. You know, he wants the child. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, is it? Because I'm with you. It could still turn out that he's he's part of the Palpatine's contingency plan and maybe he's he wants the blood so he can bring back Palpatine for then that ladders up to uh, Rise of Skywalker. Um, I know you and I, you know, are two people who didn't enjoy that film. So it's like we not really looking forward to that. But Mm -hmm. a lot of people did it did, you know, did like that. And that's what they want. Mm -hmm. So it could be that. But it could also be, he wants that blood for himself. Like he's trying to become something, mm-hmm. you know, the, mm-hmm. the empire, he wants to be the next Palpatine, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Something like that. So yeah, it could be all that. So, all right. So I'm kind of interested in his, his arc of this season and future seasons. But I think if I had to pull out one character, whose arc I'm really, who, who I, whose arc I've enjoyed and like really have focused on, it would be Den. It'll be Den mm-hmm. Jar. And mm-hmm. if you look at, mm-hmm. if you look at him from chapter one, when he walks into that cantina and this, you know, the, you first hear that for the first time and who he was, you know, I can bring you in warm or I can bring you in cold, Mm -hmm. you know who he was in that moment on through the decision that he makes in that final scene of that episode where he, you know, he he, he effectively or essentially he, he kills IG 11 um, effectively kills IG 11 to save the child all the way up till that last moment in chapter 16, um, where he's got tears in his eyes, yeah, you know, as he's watching the child leave with Luke Skywalker in R2, this, I mean, this dude has, he's lost everything and gained everything Mm, at the same mm -hmm, time. mm -hmm. He's lost. He gained his son and lost his son. He lost his ship, all his belongings. He's lost his faith, everything he's, Mm, he's in mm -hmm, the process of losing mm -hmm. his faith. What he, what he's, what he was raised to believe he's had all types of monkey wrenches thrown in that shit. You know what I'm saying? It's like now, what do you mean all Mandalorians don't follow the way, you know what I'm saying? What do you mean? I was raised in a cult, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Of zealots, you know, what does all this mean? And so it's like, he's been stripped of everything at the same time. He's gained everything because he's a brand new person. Not, not completely brand new, but he's, 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 he's very many, many parts of him are very new, very evolved, you know what I'm saying? From where he was in chapter one. So his arc has been fascinating to me. And that's why I know we're about to get into it in, in future of the Mandalorian. I hope and pray Arthur that chapter or season three is about motherfucking Din Djarin yeah. and not yeah. Boba Fett or anybody else. Yeah. I want to follow Din Djarin's story. His story is much more interesting to me yeah. um, than anybody else's at this point. I want to know what happens with him next and okay. You know, I'm about to get into it. So let's, let's just get, get into, into the, future. the last, last, last chapter, last section of this show. Um, appreciate you guys sticking with us. I know this is like a extra, extra long double issue, triple issue show. Um, but this is the last section we want to have mad thoughts on the future of the Mandalorian. Um, so, Arthur, you brought this up. You, you this is the question you 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 threw at me a, um, a couple of days ago. Is the Mandalorian a clearinghouse for other Star Wars storylines and quote unquote backdoor pilots? Yeah. And that, um, th- this
0: is the biggest this is the biggest uh, concern that I have, uh, specifically for this for, for, for season two. Not so much season one, uh, although mm-hmm. there were some elements there too. But it, it the shows started to feel crowded, and it felt like the Mandalorian as a show, as a series. Was, was a clearinghouse to resolve all these other storylines or move all these other storylines forward. Or introduce storylines.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, you know, introducing storylines isn't so much of a problem for me. Um, but, but let me give you an example. So, you know, we have we have Bo-Katan wanting to reclaim the Darksaber. She's looking for Gideon. That jibe well with the Season closer of 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 the of the first season, right? When right. Gideon reveals oh, man, that he has dark saber. the dark yeah. saber. and and if you're up on it, you you really were affected by that, that like, because we know what this means, mm-hmm. and the continuation of that narrative with Bo Katan made sense to the story because it's tied to Gideon meeting Ahsoka and she's looking for Thrawn Mm -hmm. Thrawn didn't have anything to do with any of
1: this
0: (laughs) and it's not a problem that Ahsoka is you know I
1: feel you I've said it before I feel you
0: yeah and it's not a problem that Ahsoka is on her own agenda but for her to for for Ahsoka to say where is Grand Admiral Thrawn Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. was such an on the nose big deal moment right it, comp- it 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 almost cost that episode a star with me mm-hmm. because it felt mm-hmm. it felt self serving to Lucasfilm to be a jump off for another spin off or another thing or yeah. the uh, where's yeah. Ezra and the where's Sabine and all of that we didn't you know and it, it clouded the storyline for me
1: mm-hmm. like um, I said to me it felt like the producers hands you know it felt like you felt yeah it was no longer a story about story it was you know. Let's 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 you know shoehorn this in so we can get interest in this next thing that we're doing.
0: Yeah, and um, the moment where where at the at the end of chapter twelve, the siege, the moment where Carr is approached by Carson Tiva, the New Republic pilot, you know, was this jump off for this New Republic spin off series. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you so know, I, and it's almost have, like we're not even done with this story and already we've got we've got two, three, right. four characters with one foot out of the series, one foot out of the door. Yeah.
1: I see I, I didn't have a problem with that though. And the reason I didn't have a problem with that one was because Kara's, you know, Kara's issues about being from Alderon and the fact that, you know, her planet was destroyed. Had been introduced in the show. Right. So we knew that about her. Right. Carson Teva being, you know, patrolling the outer rim and, you know, um, letting Mando go after, you know, capturing him at the end of uh, mm-hmm. chapter uh, uh, 10. And the reason when he says, you know, yeah, but, you know, normally we you would be under arrest, but these are trying times, mm-hmm. you know, and all of those things, it kind of made sense, you know, that he would have that conversation with her. Um, so I didn't, that one didn't bother me as much, but I still, I feel your frustration with it though, but that one didn't really bother me as much. Um, in that same vein though, let me ask you, what do you think this book of Boba Fett is? Um, because you know, many people are, you know, ever since Friday, ever since this jumped off on Friday, a lot of people have been on Twitter, you know, expressing their fears. That the book of Boba Fett, since it wasn't announced mm-hmm. at Disney's investor meeting, mm-hmm. it wasn't one of the new, you know, dozens of news or not dozens, but <clears throat> one of the many new series that Disney or that Lucasfilm announced, mm-hmm. um, since it wasn't a part of that, people are like, okay, is this book of Boba Fett going to replace den story. So yeah. is book above effect going to be Mandalorian yeah. season yeah. three. Yeah. 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 So what do you, what do you think? And is that something that would cause you further consternation? Well, I think two
0: things. Uh, one is exactly, I think that the reason why it wasn't announced was because the Mandalorian season two had not, had not concluded and they didn't want anyone to either lose interest or feel like it was a lame duck series or anything like that, so they kept mm-hmm. it under wraps. But good point. But I also think that I'm actually not worried about it because I think that the Book of Boba Fett is the show that Favreau originally wanted to do.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That he mm-hmm. was that he then compromised to create a new show or rework it to be the Mandalorian. So I think that there are still some, you know, there's some good ideas that are left in Favreau's tank that he's mm-hmm. going to push and fuel into because there's stuff that presumably wouldn't fit for the Mandalorian. in other words, it wasn't like he had, you know, f- you know, four or five treatments ready to go, but that all he did was just cross out the name Boba Fett and put Mandalorian right. in it. Right. There's right. some stuff that's just not gonna fit that in
1: this other narrative. But right.
0: we're gonna get it in uh in the book of Boba Fett.
1: And I think also, I think Boba Fett, I don't know which writer, I don't, it wasn't Favreau, someone else, but something, you know, there was a Boba Fett movie planned at one point. So Mm -hmm. I think there's existing, if not scripts, treatments, Mm -hmm. you know, with, um, story there. So I think maybe some of that'll come into play. I don't think, you know, first of all, let me say personally, I definitely don't want to see Boba Fett's story replaces Den's story in season three of the Mandalorian. Cause I think in this context of the show, the Mandalorian is Den, you know, right. so it's not just some, right. it's not just, you know, let's do an anthology where every season now we're going to trade out who the Mandalorian is. So, you know, season four will be Bo-Katan. Nah, I think that the Mandalorian in this context is Den. Mm-hmm. And so I definitely don't want to see Boba Fett replace him. I hadn't thought about the angle you just mentioned as far as like them not including it in an investors call because, that will, you know, uh, precede, um, the, you know, the season finale of Mando. So that's a good point. Also, let me just throw in, I saw this morning, the rumor mill on, uh, Twitter, um, one of the, uh, concept artists at Lucasfilm, mm-hmm. you know, let it slip or I don't know, didn't necessarily let it slip. Cause he said it on purpose, although he deleted the tweet, um, said outright that no, Bob, the book of Boba Fett is a separate project mm-hmm. from the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Din Djar and, you know, Pedro, Pedro Pascal has already signed up for season three of the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. um, th- which if that's, if that's true, I'm, I'm obviously, I hope that's true. Yeah. Um, that would, I do that too. Would put a lot of minds to yeah. rest.
0: I mean, last thing um, is I, I, there had to be, you were either, you had a decision, either you were going to kill off, have Boba say goodbye at the end of season two, or you're going to give Mm him another show because I think Den and Boba could only occupy the the same space for, for a finite, a very finite period of time.
1: Although I'll say, I will say though, that, you know, again, the dynamic between them was interesting to me because I thought it was great. This is, this is a different Boba Fett. Yeah. You know, this ain't, this This is a wise Boba Fett. uh, This ain't, you know, 35 year old, you know, at his prime Boba Fett. This is, you know, old man Fett who, you know, gone through a lot of things and he's got some, again, he's got some tension inside of him, mm-hmm. you know, which was interesting to me. So that bit, but I, you know, if I had to predict, I think the book of Boba Fett will maybe a mini, either a mini series or maybe like a, you know, a, a 90 minute special or something like that. Um, I don't, I don't see it. Cause I think Mando season three is supposed to drop in December. They said this book of Boba Fett is coming in December. So I don't know if Disney is ready to, it's a to film
0: do
1: two simultaneous series mm. around, you know, very similar characters. Um, I don't know if they're ready to do that yet. So I, I think that yeah, maybe a film or like maybe a two or three episode uh, series or something like that that precedes um, episode. You know, premiere episode of season three for the Mandalorian. So let me ask you this: Do you think uh, Grogu is going to come back to season three or any any? Do you think Grogu is going to return to the Denjarin story? On uh,
0: I, don't, I I don't know, man. I really don't. It's like on the one hand the child was the marketing driver for this is the marketing driver for yeah. this show. And yeah. he's such a beloved character that I think the absence of Grogu would be a detriment. Right. Um, I, I mean, in other words, you have to hit every, sh- every chapter <laughs> of season three out of the park, you know, mm-hmm. or people are um, going to be
1: like, bring the child back.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, but as I, you know, as I said earlier, and I don't I won't belabor it, but Grogu's now tied to Skywalker's story. Yeah. And, mm, yeah. Mm. I just feel that yeah. he is because but it's like, where's Luke, go, out, where's Luke? Where's Luke going to take him? Where's there's Luke going to take him?
1: I'll tell you the out, though. The out is because we know at some point, maybe 10 years from now or from that time period, maybe a little longer. He really he starts his school. And at some point then thereafter, um, you know, Ben solo, uh, Ben wreck solo, shot. wreck shot, burns the shit down, kills people. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no evidence that Grogu is a part of that at this point. There's right. nothing that they, that's been ha- that happened that happen in the sequels that points at you know, Grogu and being involved in that. So mm-hmm. there is an out that Grogu leaves, you know, Luke Skywalker's care, you know, much earlier than, you know, the rise of Ben solo, so to speak. Um, but I'm with you. I think, I think one, I don't think they're going to turn down. They're not going to turn a blind eye on that merchandising. You know what I'm saying? They're not going to, they're not going to turn a blind eye on that. And they're not going to age him. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's not going to be like Groot, um, when Groot <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. becomes a teenager in the next. I don't think so. I think it's always going to be baby Yoda. And I think if I had to guess, man, I think, um, and this is getting to the next, the last question of the, of the day, you know, which is um, what storyline do we predict will dominate season three, assuming it will be Dens storyline. Um, I'll just get into that for me. I think that this whole Mandalore thing, um, then trying to figure out what it means finally to come to his own conclusion about what it means to be a Mandalorian Mm -hmm. without, you know, without the, um, necessarily, you know, bowing down to what the armor believes without bowing down to what Bo-Katan believes without anything, you know, he has to come to his own conclusion about what it means to be a Mandalorian. And, I think, and this is another episode of Madam real. We'll probably have Arthur where I see, you know, and I'm and, dude, we know, John Favreau and Dave Filoni are not sitting down with this in their minds, but as someone, and you know, maybe you feel me on this as well as someone who is a member of a race of people, um, cut off from their homeland, you know, physically, mm-hmm. mentally, you know, everything mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. completely cut off from the homeland. Mm-hmm. um, Who now, you know, the has, you know, our people have strong questions of identity in these foreign lands, you know, over the last couple hundred years. Yeah. Um, As someone as a there are several things I see in this Mandalorian time, in this Mandalorian storyline that resonate, Mm -hmm. you know, with, 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 with uh, what I think our people have gone through. Yeah. You know, and particularly, uh, not particularly, but one example, that whole thing we talked about earlier when. Uh, Boba Fett, you know, is called into question immediately by Bo-Katan. Like you're not a Mandalorian. Yeah. You know, how many times have we seen in our own culture? What does it mean to be black? Right. What does it mean to be in black in America? You know, what does it mm-hmm. mean? Are you a sellout? Are you true to this? Are you true to that? There's many like, you know, parallels between that I'm seeing with. And again, I know I know these two white men, uh, Dave Filoni and, and, and Favreau and I sitting down with like, we really need to get the experience of the black experience of the script more. John, mm-hmm. you know, there's not enough black experience. And it's how we mm-hmm. they're not doing that. Mm-hmm. But there are parallels there and yeah. maybe between, you know, parallels between them and other different, disinfra- you know, um, people who have been um, cut off from their from their culture as well. But I see that in chapter three or in season three, I could really see that being about Den deciding for himself what it means to be a Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. And I can definitely see Grogu showing up if not in, by the middle of the season, by the end of next season, because this is a story again, not just of culture, but this is a story of a father and a son. Mm -hmm. This is Mm -hmm. lone wolf and cub at its core. Mm -hmm. That's what this story is about. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that we're going to, we're going to see You know, Grogu just be gone for you know two seasons. That's not going to happen. I see Grogu coming back by the end, if not before, but by the end of season three, I see Grogu returning to Den in some sort some sort of fashion.
0: All right. Well, I will say that uh, season three, if this is about Mandalore, which I believe that it will be, we are almost assured to see Sabine Wren. Mm,
1: yeah. That's going to be dope. That is going to be dope. I, I look forward to that. Um, uh, I'm, I'm, and also we don't, we, we, you know, Dave Filoni has hinted at that, you know, that last scene, um, between Ahsoka and Sabine Rand and rebels. Yeah. when Ahsoka shows up in all, all white. There's a strong possibility that that takes place after, um, her appearance in the Mandalorian mm. so far. So, you know, we, all of these things, you know, it's this is, you know, a lot of people say, is this, is this too much Clone Wars? You know, is this too much Rebels in well, the Mandalorian? Maybe, but as somebody who loves both of those shows, I'm loving all of this. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, bring it. You know, when is Rex showing up? You know what I'm saying? When is Rex showing up? That's what I want to see. Um, He's still alive. Um We saw him in Return of the Jedi. At least they said that was him. All right, man, this has been a, this has been a, a blockbuster episode. i really enjoyed, talking to you about all this stuff when we, we are coming back though, um, for a new year's day special. Are we not? We are, we are. Um, and we're going to get into all of the things. I mean, this was a, you know, the last, the last couple of months, the last month, I would say it was a huge, lot of announcements. Um, not just from Lucasfilm, but from Marvel, um, Warner brothers. Um, there's just a lot of things happening. So we're going to be back new year's day for a special episode. That's going to really take a look at 2021. um, and see what unreal things are happening or what we, what we know is going to happen, what we predict is going to happen, what we want to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to get into all those things on new year's day. So we want you guys to join us with that. In the meantime, though, definitely give your ratings to this, these episodes, of the Mandalorian, share them with us on Twitter. Um, If you are, you know, in agreement, if you are enraged, if you are, you know, whatever, with anything we've said um, today in this episode, we want to hear from you guys. Um, cause we know that, you know, whatever, wherever you land at, um, a lot of these, these, these episodes have caused a lot of conversation, um, over the last month, over the last eight weeks, really, that the show has been airing, the season's been airing. So we want to hear what you guys are thinking.
0: Uh, use the hashtag mad unreal, uh, with your tweets. And, um, my Twitter handle is a R R T H U R R Isaacs is I S A A C P E R R Y. Um, thank you for holding out, holding up, hanging with us for these last 30 or 30 episodes.
1: Mm. That's a lot. Unreal for 30 episodes. That's a lot. Looking forward to the next 30. Um, yeah, it's been fun. So looking forward to what we're going to do in 2021. There's going to be some, be some changes coming, some, some new things, some, some tweaks, some things, you know, we're going to keep it evolving. So. I'm looking forward to seeing how this um how, how those things come out. But yeah, appreciate you guys. And uh definitely hit us on Twitter, let us know your thoughts about this and any other show. The whole catalog is available, right Arthur? All 30 episodes are available on the uh the madunreal.com website, right?
0: That's correct. Also, uh Apple Podcasts, uh Google Play, we're available on Spotify, uh everywhere fine our RSS feeds are consumed. So, uh #madunreal. We will see you next show.
1: Peace. Keep it unreal.